welcome back to another episode of Bopcast, where I interview outliers who are breaking the mold regardless of the status quo. That means that these people are pursuing their dreams no matter what anybody else says. Today on the show, I have a great friend. His name is Brandon Ferrero. If you've been following me for a little while, you might remember this video, this video, and this video. For those who are listening on audio, I'm talking about heart problems, told me to stop, and now our most recent video slash project that took us over three years to complete, Bad Things, Good Locations. If you haven't seen the video, I'll link it below. Brandon is a mastermind when it comes to video production. He's also worked on the biggest reality TV shows in the world, and we dive into that today. What are the things behind a TV show, a music video, that you as a viewer aren't seeing, but are happening behind the scenes that have to go on to make these things happen? So from production, anywhere from editing to cutting to the industry itself to obviously having a wide-ranging conversation conversation today and even delving into some pop culture topics which are always fun that's what we're doing here today with my friend brandon ferrero thank you so much for tuning in find all of his information below and rock with us today stay with us for the whole time we'd really appreciate it i know you're going to enjoy it and once again make sure to share this with anybody who might find it valuable so please enjoy this episode of bopcast with my friend brother b brandon ferrero ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of Bobcast today on the show I have my brother known as Brother B, uh filmmaker extraordinaire, hip hop music video mogul of New Jersey. Um it's the truth, man. I mean, what you've been able to do with video, especially sure mine, but also many others in film and things like that. I want to get into it. We're going to dive in today. Uh but Brandon Ferrer, thank you for being here, man. Brother Bob, thank you for having me. Anytime, man. A fellow Italian. Yes, sir. How? What percentage? Do you know? Uh, Are you mostly? I so my father is a hundred percent, and my mother is fifty percent. Nice. So, that so you're one hundred and fifty percent. Yeah, yep. one fifty. Yeah. Nah. Look at that <laughs> mathematics. <laughs> That's why we're here, man. But um, for people, listen, we've you know we have an ex- extensive background of uh, body of work now together and things like that. Um, you know, we've worked on every you know from heart problems to the remixes to to now bad things, good locations. We're going to dive into that. But for people who don't know who you are, um, you know, listeners, watchers, appreciate you guys. Give them a little bit of context, uh, a little window into your world before we uh, fully dive into the podcast. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Brandon Ferrero. I'm a 24 year old uh, freelance videographer, cinematographer. Uh, I also own a company called Exeter Video LLC mostly based on music video creation, uh, shoot a bunch of weddings as well, uh, real estate, that sort of thing. Um, all things camera, really. So this, uh, is that what you thought you were going to do? or um, At what point? Like, like oh, I guess, uh, I don't like to dive like, too far back because I just feel like it gets boring. But uh, I would say, I guess, wherever it starts. Does it start in high school? Does it start, well, you guys were making videos in high school. Yeah, even honestly, like I don't want to go too far back. Like you said, it is kind of no. Boring. If it pertains to the story, one hundred percent. Nah, um, I would say it all. It was like two thousand nine was when it all started. Um, I uh, had gotten a laptop for Christmas, nice. um, and my good friend, who you also know, uh, Michael Stephen Moore, um, had received the same laptop from his parents. fellow friend of the pod. Yes, it was a, a Sony Vio, and uh, they were real big at the time. And like we, flip era, right? Uh yeah, that yeah, exactly. Because I got the flip. 
at yeah, that yeah. time. No, yeah. uh, my mother had a flip that I used for video as well. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, nah, uh, we used those laptops to make webcam videos. And then from there, got camcorders, would shoot around the neighborhood, make short films. Um, and then, yeah, uh, around, uh, you know, senior year of high school, uh, Michael and I were making short films. And it was around that point when I was like, hey, I kind of want to do this more seriously. Ended up going to Fairleigh Dickinson University, uh, studied film there. Uh, I have a uh, bachelor's degree in film cinematography studies. And um, yeah, so it's pretty much been around since then that I knew I was kind of into all this kind of stuff. Mm, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, for me is you know, YouTube and, you know, making gaming videos in 2012 hit my, you know, NBA 2K13 cheats video. You oh, know, yeah. it's like it's that same thing of... Uh, kind of the creator start, everybody's creator start. Uh, most people start with this just homegrown, like no expectations, almost just doing it for fun. Exactly. You know? Yeah, no, it was all just, you know, good fun in the beginning. Um, really no agenda, just kind of messing around and not really sure what we were doing, yep. but knew we were making something. So, In terms of like, I feel like this is a good time to ask you this question really to like start it off. When you look at, because people will say, you know, whoever it is, videographers, rappers, artists, you know, people who make music, any type of art, that doing the art for money adds a different element to it or maybe takes away from some of the fun uh, that you could have because it because it now there's some kind of expectation on it. Like, did you I assume that's not you didn't really think about that until you were actually like doing it for money. Like, I want people to understand that. You don't work for one company. Like you are truly a business freelancer and now business owner. You have your own video company. You chose not to go the kind of maybe not traditional, but the main more mainstream route. Um, do you is has there been any switch of your passion for what you do from the not doing it for money and now like it's my full time job? Um. You know, there's days where I'm like, hey, I've been editing for X amount of hours. I'd like to just chill. You know, I don't think I ever had that point when I was younger. I'd, you know, edit my ass off and never get tired. Um, but no, nah, the passion's definitely still there, man. Um, still have that, you know, creative, you know, energizer bunny just going off inside of me. Um, still really passionate about, you know, different ideas and creation and all that sort of thing. It definitely depends on the kind of video. You know, I would say my favorite would be music video um just being the amount of liberty that you have as a creator um you know something like a a real estate video or a wedding video that's more of like a cookie cutter approach to how you would execute that but something like a music video you kind of you know the sky's the limit you can do what you wish you know granted the the artist you're working with will have some sort of agenda and some sort of like idea but other than that you know the sky's the limit so are you like trying to translate what they're or they're trying to translate to you what they want most of the time, or is it kind of like, all right, Brandon, do your thing. I don't really have many ideas for this video. Like, how yeah. does it work? All of that. Yeah, no, it's definitely a full range. Um, there's guys that will approach me, and they know, like, you know, from A to Z exactly how they want the shots to look, you know, the scenes they want to capture, um, the vibe they want to, you know, create. Um, and then there's guys that are like, hey, this is my first time doing this. How do I do this, you know? And I'm kind of like, hey, man, you know, wherever you... My, basically, my first question that I'll ask artists is like, where were you at when you made this song? You know, what were you feeling? You know, what what was the thought process behind creating this for you? Because basically what a video is, it's like it's an added like an added layer of expression on top of the song itself. You know, so you're, you're kind of just taking what they already felt and just like amplifying that, if that makes sense. 
So, um, but no, there's like, there's guys that I work with that they know exactly what they want, basically. And there's some that are like, you know, more open to just listening to what I have to say and we'll take it from there. Yeah. So you, yeah. So it's a mix and, and they, you know, and I think from an artist perspective, from my, just my personal experience, I'm not really ever thinking about the video, uh, personally, maybe I should, but it's just kind of the thing where at least in this stage of the game, I think there's just levels to it. You know, like I think there's. Artists who have been doing it for six years, eight years, or whatever, and they're still in music mode. I think there's artists who have been doing it for the same time, and they're, you know, they have this more kind of well or more rounded kind of approach where they have a song that, or say, you know, how long had Joyner Lucas been making music until he made, put this video together, you know, keep it 100, where it's like, just for, just using that as an example, this kind of intricate story that, this I this really cool idea, and you can hop in on this, which is like also it's when you look at a music video, like you're seeing so, all this work put in together to make it look like there's no work, like just make it look so natural and seamless. easy yeah. and seamless. So you have a video like even like joiners are like many. I mean, even talk about even Luke Miller on on this podcast talking about. Uh, working on one of Drake's videos. Like, there's so much CGI along with the video, you know, and or any of these other supporting elements. From the viewer's perspective, you're just watching a music video. For sure. Yeah, no, um, it's really not a thought in the viewer's mind most of the time unless you've had some of, sort of experience in that industry. Um, but I'm kind of still at a small scale, um, mostly a, you know, one-man show. There are some buddies of mine that I'll collaborate with, you know, mm-hmm. if the project calls for it. But for the most part, it's just me. But that is not the case for industry-level yeah. videos. You have dozens, if not hundreds, of people, whether it's art direction, you know, just the overall concept. Um, you know, you have probably 10 people just in the camera department. You have a, you know, editing house full of people that are just focusing on the post-production. You know, it, it takes a, a village for sure. Yeah, and, and you're not you're not just doing what we do. I just buy you pizza every time, and then we're good. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's how we have to do it because that's the stage that we're at. But you have craft services on these places, and yeah. everybody's eating, and everybody's right. drinking and hanging out. You know, and uh, I watched a, a a breakdown of a music video, and I watched a few of them. It's not something that I went on a full YouTube hole with, but uh, I I like seeing the you know how it's put together, how many people like a lot of these videos you're seeing. Um, especially the ones you're doing, it's like, there's like fucking only like three people working on this damn thing. Yeah. You know? No, for so sure. So you end up like, are you directing, producing? Like, can you explain these different roles? Because I feel like I don't know what a gaffer is. Nobody knows. Like people listen and watching like, like what's some, what, what are we not seeing? You know, like what are these, there's like legitimate, whether you have a model for fucking like we did for 25 seconds or whatever, it's like, that's logistics and planning that has to go in for maybe eight seconds of a video that you might not even use, you know? Right. Yeah. No, um, at, like the low budget level, you're definitely as a creator wearing a lot of hats. Um, there's times where I'm directing at the same time that I'm the director of photography, basically the main cameraman. Um, and then when that footage gets done, there's you know some projects that I've handed that footage to another editor, but most of the time I'm acting as the editor as well. You know, um, I'm also for the most part the producer. You know, figuring out the locations, the logistics of you know the schedule of the day, how we're gonna you know the plan of attack. You know. A lot of the time, the chronological order in which you view the video, that's not necessarily how you shot it. You know, you might have shot that scene one day and then the other scene another day, but that's not necessarily how the viewer would see it, you know? Um, You mentioned gaffer. Gaffer, for the audience, um, that's someone who focuses on lighting. So there's someone who's specifically... Um, going out and, you know, kind of analyzing the scene and saying, hey, this is where the lights need to be. 
Um, they're not necessarily the ones even putting the lights up. You know, you have your grips. Uh, someone called a grip or a best boy. Key grip. Yeah, key grip or best boy. And th- those are people that are actually... Even if you're a chick. Yeah. No, no, I mean, yeah, no, they, they got to figure that out as far no, as... I'm not yeah. playing, I'm playing. <laughs> no, for sure. But yeah, no. It, best um, bud, it's called best now. Best bud, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but nah, um, it's, it's really intricate as far as like you watch a, a TV show or a movie and most people will turn it off, but there's that long list of people that, you know, scrolls on the, the screen at the end and every single person played a part in that production, you know, small or large. And, uh, it's, you know, when I was young, I definitely didn't watch those credits, but after, you know, being a part of productions such as those, I sit there and, you know, try and look at those names and be like, yeah, these people made this happen, you know? Yeah. And you'll have a, a director of photography on a film yeah that doesn't make sense logically to like the average person so like what yeah like there's all of these other jobs that you're like wait well there's no photography right what does that even mean yeah director of photography it's most of the time you're not talking stills you're talking Mm -hmm. video film Um, so that so it's more scene selection in terms of a director of photography like it's kind of a director of videography but they just don't call it that i guess yeah um yeah for the most part and those guys might not even be the main camera operator you know the dp director of photography they might just be you know communicating with the camera team and being like hey these are the looks we're going for this is the shot list this is the lookbook um you know most of the time there'll be like a storyboard or something like a plan of attack and the director of photography is communicating very closely with the actual director um the thing most people won't realize is the camera department if you have actors and people like that on set it's like a big no-no for camera to actually directly communicate to the actor that the director themselves is the only one who communicates to the actor. So the chain of communication would be if like the DP is like noticing something that the actor is doing wrong, they might notify the camera op, the camera op would tell the director, then the director would go over and communicate that to the actors basically. Damn. Have you, so is this a, like, this is probably some in your more higher level productions that you've been a part of. Cause you don't just shoot hip hop music videos. There's gotta be some pressurized environments here. Some like tensions, some, some pressure to when a moment happens, you know, you ha- everything has to be in line for that shot to, to make sense. Like, you must have been a part of some situations, even in your, you know, just in this experience. Like, Yeah, no, I've, I've um, dabbled a little bit with some reality TV stuff. Um, I've worked on some high-level documentaries. Some things. large shows that you would know the name of, especially yeah. if you're in this general tri-state. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, there's big bucks for every single day that you know you're it's you're, just like the like you just see, like it's just dollars being like just dispensed like you could just like as the day goes on the dollars are dispensed yeah. it's just and if something goes wrong like say someone forgot to roll audio that day like that's a whole day that you paid every Does single person oh, yeah, oh, no, my, I've, yeah, I've yeah. been on docs where things oh, like God. that have happened and then you're pulling audio from the cameras and then and you're probably you might just have to scrap it yeah. like which is a really sad reality but sometimes that happens where You'll throw a, a shit ton of money into something and just one little factor will go wrong and it'll screw it all up, you know? Um, but yeah, um, for the producers, which a lot of people will be like, oh, this is a Steven Spielberg movie. He's the director. Well, what people don't realize is producers are the ones who like bird the film. The producer actually hires the director and then hires the camera crew and hires all the creatives that are a part of it. So it's really those producers that are like, yo, this needs to go well and you guys need to come correct because it's our dollar that's on the line. You know? and, and those producers could be getting 
getting funding from somebody else. And right. so they are almost like the business owner getting the funding. And they're like, we'll take a percentage of this film yeah. or whatever. We'll put up that money because you're going to make our money back. And and that's uh, actually just to hop into something uh, uh, slightly topical. Uh, Disney, uh, one of their last trap. Maybe you can find it. I don't know what movie this is. It was they just flopped hard, really hard. It's a Disney movie. But when you think about it, uh, I was listening to a podcast. I think it was with Schultz, uh, Andrew Schultz and, and Patrick Bet David, but they were like, first they were painting the picture of the example of the the fact that Disney just like lost all this money on this recent movie. But then also the fact that it's Disney. Yeah. Like nobody has, like they can make up the hundred million in Disney world and w- with no issue, you know? So right. it's just amazing though, that you're still, you could put all of this into a film and then just the market's like, nope, just doesn't like work. It. Yeah. No, nah, for sure. It's crazy. Yeah. No, it, it is. There's been, I don't know if I'm, forget the name of the director i know the movie was called cats i think it um debuted in 2019 but it was a major flop um it was heavy cgi film i know that uh james corden was in it i think taylor swift might have had a role in it a few other big names and because of the cgi element like it was a movie about people that kind of looked like cats and they um they were doing that like some sort of weird cgi where the actors would actually act but then they would kind of like like dub almost yeah, a face dub on it the or visual yes, onto yes. it almost like augmented reality in a way and yep. just throw it on there but the first cut of it was like people were in the theaters like oh my god like these cats looked insane okay Strange, strange world. world. Okay, that was a, that's the, the recent Disney uh, flop. Yeah, yeah, I believe. Maybe we can find how much they lost on that too. Let's check that out. See if you can find that. But, yeah, yeah. And then cats as yeah. well. And this, I mean, this happens like all the time. I guess. Yeah. No. I not mean, everything's a hit. And you're probably not going to know about it because if it didn't do well, you probably. I mean, unless you're into those sort of tabloids and magazines, you're probably mm. not going to hear about it. You yeah. know, because it wasn't a success. So. It, it, uh, quick thing. I think Spotify is going to have music videos. Yeah. Full music videos. I th- Apple Music already does, right? They do? Okay, because yeah, yeah. that makes... No, I mean, uh, Spotify... Uh, Netflix is going to do podcasts. Spotify is going to start doing more video. It's like, this is the way this is going, yeah. baby. You go where the attention is. 100%. What, I, like, what I'm explaining to, like... Like, I was explaining to you, like, how I'm talking to a lot of YouTubers these days, and I'm like, you think that people that win have good predictions? They don't. They just adapt, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Strange World's $100 million box office loss worsens Disney's streaming problems. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. And they, dude, it's like, yeah, sure, Disney Plus, like, yeah, it makes sense. Paramount Plus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Plus, 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 do all the subscription shit. Like, I don't think this is a dent, to be honest. I mean, it's a dent, but it's not. It's like a small dent on a big car, I think, for Disney. Just because there's just disney man like you just can't compete yeah and that's the good thing like people will always talk shit on like diversification like in terms of not diversification in your assets but uh oh hey uh sears gets into real estate and then they f- go down you know or whatever it's like you diversify in the th- thing that you don't know and then you lose it's risky disney has killed it because the things they do are all different but they all can support one thing goes down the other one picks it up it's like mr beast like he drops a million dollars on a video. The video flops. He's got another million. He makes another video. That one makes two and covers the one that flopped. Yeah. That might happen. I guess it happens with movies. Too. Mr. Beast is a genius. Yo. Yeah. That dude, I think it was, uh, he was in Forbes recently as uh, potentially going to be the first billionaire YouTuber, yeah. which is pretty insane to think about. It makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, if you look at what, once again, they don't predict, they adapt. Mr. Beast goes, 
wait, we're missing out on X amount of viewers in 38 different countries? Cool. We'll translate all the videos. Yeah. And hires actors to literally dub every single video and goes back. Like, it's not just subtitles. Like, literally, like, dubs everything. He's a genius. Dude, can I... What's your... uh, I've got a little ADHD here, but uh, what's your opinion on... Yeah, so that's the... uh, Just to hop in here uh, for people listening, we got something on the screen. It's So, 54 million is the net worth? Is that what it's showing? I see a 54. Yeah, yeah, that's what it says. Wow. That's insanity. I think that's... that must be a little low. I, I know that... That's definitely low. Yeah. I, well, dude, they're telling... They're saying... The internet says that Gary Vee and Rob Dyrk are both worth $100 million each. Really? No fucking shot, boy. Gary's definitely worth $500. i am pretty sure Rob's definitely worth more than one. Yeah, I, I think... It's like, I don't believe shit. I think anything the internet says in terms of net worth is it's a little It's a skewed. big guess. Yeah, for sure. Yo, can I... Let me say something about Joe Rogan, too, real quick, just because nobody really talks about this. Joe didn't make all of his money off Spotify, bro. He had a hundred million dollars before that. Okay, I don't think people know. No, I did not. Like know that. Joe was has a, had a lot of money from on it. Joe started a business with Aubrey Marcus in like two thousand seven called had, On It. No, what is On It? What was On it? it? Is a supplement company. Okay, and also a gym, and it's like a health fitness supplement gym. Um, I forget. I have it over there. Uh, one of their supplements, but it's like. You do, you don't you see something happen, but it's like oh wait, homie's already got like the Spotify deal ain't shit, boy. Like you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like no, it's crazy. It, it is. Uh, I mean, and this is really encapsulating the future of media. You know, like how do you think of that? Like when you look at, I'm making music videos right now, but what do you like? What is that? What? How do you see it? Because you're actually there filming it, and like, hey, we do podcasts. Like it's kind of similar, but yeah, like the future of the music video industry. I guess yeah, hone in on that. Yeah, like, um, I like that niche. Not nah, for sure. Um, I know that it could just be like one of the you know things that are in right now, but um, like that the VR technology. Um, you know Zuckerberg's pushing it hard. I think that creating um like those virtual experiences for your viewer. Um, I can see more 360 cameras being on music video sets, and you know artists creating scenes in 3D environments. Um where a viewer can just put on their VR headset and look around and watch the performance happen in front of them. Um, more AI related things, um, more just computerized cameras, like um, the humble uh, music video that Kendrick dropped in 2017, that um, very like staple esque shot of him looking in one direction. And then the camera like turns and then he's looking in that direction and then he looks down and the camera moves and that's a robot, you know, that there's, you know, so much technology going on on um, music video sets, um, robotics and AI and things that people don't even really understand that, oh, that wasn't a human being that did that, you know? It's not going to need to be. No. I mean, I'm going to be screwed, man. <laughs> no, no, you'll be fine. You'll be doing post. No, yeah, They for can't sure. do post. Huh? They can, but not. they don't have the creativity. Yeah, no. They, they won't they, have that. You need a human element. Here's the deal. Uh, what I just saw, actually the most convincing thing I've ever seen now. Trey might have an opinion on this because he he's into cars too. But it was the the fact that AI or AR or whatever it is, uh, you know, uh, uh, thermal imaging, a car can see through fog. No way. Yes, a Tesla sees through fog. I did not know that. It's thermal, like if they have a you know thermal imaging. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I'm pretty sure a Tesla probably does. So that's then 100% always safer than a person. Oh, yeah. So it's like when you can kind of do these things where it's like people can't see at night, cars can't. Or it's like that's what I see for AI. Like I don't see it replacing. 
I see it just adding enhancing. Or, or enhancing and being able to pick up where we leave off. Yeah. You know, but it is still scary. Not for sure. Um, yeah, totally ADHD right now in the pod, but I love it. I love going I love from it, one dude. thing to it. another. But it's Bobcast. They know. Yeah. If you're new, I appreciate you because this is what we do, baby. Yeah, but to, to get a little weird and scientific and spiritual or whatever, but we're basically just like organic vessels and our, our brain is a sensor, you know, as humans. And um, what does that say? So this is uh, the explanation of the how Teslas can see through fog. The Stanford research paper basically says that by using a very fast pulsating laser and an ultra-sensitive diode, computers can create an image of something that's hidden behind something like fog. It creates the image by focusing the diode on the few photons that go through the distortion or the obstruction and return. So the, that little bit of light that's traveling through that fog, it's that's, using that and creating an image from it. That's nuts. You know where I figured, you know where I got that? Where? I was watching a video of a guy who traveled the country on a motorcycle. Oh, shit. And he has the record. Um, he was averaging, I think, 150 miles an hour or something crazy like that Damn. for a lot of it. Yeah. He used the thermal or, or that type of camera he hooked to his motorcycle. He's like a motorcycle mechanic engineer guy. Gotcha. And because uh, he didn't want to stop. Yeah. So, dude, he would, uh, he had a diaper. He, Wait, what? Yeah, he had a diaper. <laughs> was he it had, an electric? How did... What do you mean? Like, fuel and... How oh, no, he had, like, a diaper so he could piss and... Yeah, but, yeah. like, aren't you going to run out of gas? So, he had... Uh, an, he built a bigger tank, and then he had an extra tank as well. He could go, I believe, 600 or 700 miles without refilling. Wow. He would literally refill and then just hop back on and go. He wouldn't even... I think he stopped in one rest stop the whole time, he said. From... By the way, let me give context. From four... Lauderdale, or from California to Fort Lauderdale, I think. So from California to Florida, or vice versa. That was the ride. That is crazy. Actually, yeah. He shipped it to California, then rode it to Florida. Jeez. Got the record. That's a flex. <laughs> that's a flex. Yeah. But, dude, that's going to be motorcycles. All motorcycles are going to have thermal imaging. They're yeah. going to have all that diode imaging shit. 100%. Like, that's what I'm looking at. Uh, that's 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 cool to me. The scary shit is scary. But. Totally. But yeah, where I was going earlier is like we, we're an organic vessel. Our brain is a sensor and our sensor has limits, limitations, you know, as humans. And there's animals, you know, that exist on this planet that, you know, their limits exceed ours. And I think, you know, technology, um, you know, engineers and people like that, you know, observing other animals and creatures that you know, go beyond human limits that can inspire the future of technology in certain senses, like with the thermal imaging. Um, I don't know exactly what animal to use as an example, but, you know, I know dogs can see at night or, you know, different. Your cats. Or, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, the, the, whole, reason, the yeah. whole reason it's hard to swat a fly is because, like, their metabolism, they see time in a slower way. So when you're going to swat that fly, it's like, and it's just like, like, just goes right around your hand, you know. So the way yeah. animals perceive time is even different, you know. So, yeah, we're, we're limited as humans. And our technology is, like you said, it's just where we've left off just going beyond that yeah and, and it all has to do with video yeah everything's gonna be ar ai vr it's all video related it's all video devices there's no sonic uh, ai devices it's not audio only maybe for uh people that are blind i can see it, but not even no did you just see the most recent um Neuralink video no i haven't yeah man they're ready they're gonna give people they're gonna be so elon owns this company called Neuralink, and they're the first people that they're gonna treat with it it's an implant in your brain the size of a quarter okay the first people that they're gonna treat with it are uh people who are blind and also people with spinal issues wow they're gonna be able to re store sight 
in people who have never been able to see. That is amazing. Yep, their eyes have never worked. They're there. Like it's 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 happened. It's like- uh, it's they just released their presentation on they they haven't said they've been able they can do that until now. Like now they're saying we are able to do it. We haven't done it yet, but we're able to do it. Jeez. Before it was we hope to do it. Yeah. So- now the presentation is each engineer explaining how it's going to happen. Wow, that yeah. is, that's pretty amazing. Yes, yes. So I mean, I mean, I think about it. They've cloned goats. Like they've done like these kind of cool experiments. But man, you give somebody their sight. It was like that's what's the everybody goes doomsday with the you know we're going to implants of the brain and all that stuff. Like yes, it's going to happen. It's going to be a lot longer. But we a lot of technology comes from either military or medical. Yeah. That's how technology begins, a lot of it. Right, so. yeah. No, military is like a decade ahead of us at all times, if not like two. And like by the time that, you know, it, it gets to the market in a consumer sense, like it's old news for like the military and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Dude, how much of, I mean, I don't think your industry is really behind. I feel like people are pretty up on their technology in the video yeah. industry. The, the one thing that is um, really, really scary, but also really impressive is that deep face technology. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Um the um, Irishman movie that Scorsese put out, um, they did that to uh, de-age certain actors. Um, you know, most of the time you're hiring your top-of-the-line makeup artists and sometimes even getting, you know, doppelganger look-alike actors to play younger versions of actors. But with this technology, they can basically, you know, put sensors all over an actor's face and then using CGI de-aging technology and deep face technology can just make them look like someone else. But the danger of it outside of my industry is like, you know, politics. Like I think someone put out a video where it sounded and looked like the president of the United States, you know, declaring war on another country or, you know, just it can be used for the wrong intention is my point, you know? So it, it's very useful in, you know, the right application, but in the wrong hands, it could be dangerous. The, uh, off that deep face note, there is going to be, there almost is right now, AI that looks human, right? So imagine you have AI that looks human. AI gets, improves itself. That's crazy. Yeah, the fact that it's just There's able to not a technology itself. that improves itself. No. Except this. It's going to be, so imagine you have like a human, uh, AI version of the human on video. Yeah. You can't now... All right, you can't tell the difference if it's an AI or human. Imagine now you can't tell. That AI, because it can't improve itself and also have all the information, can create constant content. Content creators are going to be... Music video creators are fine because they can't make music because they can't formulate the creativity. Yeah. But if you're just a guy like me or whatever, say a podcast or whatever, like that just sits there and talks to the audience, if that's going to be an AI, but that AI is always optimizing and always creating the best content possible all the time, and it doesn't have to eat and it doesn't get tired, content, it's going to be a content machine. Yeah. If you talk to some of the smartest people in the world, man, they say our biggest threat isn't nukes or anything like that. It's AI, you know? It's crazy. But I think the human element, man, like I wouldn't worry as a podcast host. I think that to be able to empathize and feel and actually understand and put yourself in the shoes of another human being, I think... You can't get that, at least now, to my understanding, no. with technology, you know? So Well, the reality is we don't know as well. That's the thing. Like, it's all this prediction shit. Yeah. 
Nobody predicted this phone. No. Like it's just nobody predicted. You don't know where it's going to go because culture has to change for it to go there. Yeah. So you can't predict about AI really because the culture has to either accept or deny it. Right. And you're seeing that with Oculus. We don't all have Oculus. We no. don't all use it all day every day. It fucking sucks. If it didn't suck, we'd use it. If it wasn't super expensive and didn't suck, we would all use it. Well, we have no reason to use it. 100%. And what's interesting, too, is the people, like you said, no one predicted this phone. Well, if you actually go back, it might have been the late 70s or early 80s. Um, Bill Gates had a lot to say about where we would be in the future. And a lot of the predictions he said in terms of, you know, just... UI and the abilities that we have with our smartphone, he predicted that. But the funny thing is the person to predict it is not necessarily the person to invent and then benefit from it. You know, Steve Jobs is really the one who came out with that. You know, the fact that Zuckerberg right now is trying to push this meta thing, you know, I I watched a video and I forget the source. I wish I could state it, but um, the whole idea was that Zuckerberg is really pushing hard on it. But think about like where that whole meta and kind of virtual reality is most similar to video games, like companies like Activision and um, I'm trying to think of another one, uh, Bungie or just like big video game developers like Microsoft is more intertwined with those companies. You know that I think that, you know, you might you know, be a pioneer in something, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be the best at it or, you know, end up monopolizing it you know yes you can predict but it doesn't mean that you've adapted yeah it doesn't mean that you've created the way just because you predict the way for sure and to the facebook point think about facebook right facebook doesn't have hardware okay google doesn't really have hardware either but they don't need it they're google facebook is facebook okay facebook uh conquers and then destroys right so instagram facebook buys conquers then destroys instagram so that's what they do. They conquer and destroy. They try to force, they try to squeeze the last living breath out of it. They try to, they give you a ton of views and then take them all away and make you pay for them, right? Yep. That's their thing. That's fact. Like, fucking argue with me on it if you want, but it's like, there's no way they're not doing no, it. I, I can attest. They, it's fucking search and destroy for them. Take the biggest thing, we buy it, we own it, we control it, and then we turn it into nothing to go to the next thing. Facebook has never done hardware and they know they got to go there. They're like, we don't have, we need hardware. We need stuff in people's homes. We need Apple. Facebook needs what is, to be out. What is Oculus? Is that Facebook or is that I Facebook probably owns it now. Okay. Yeah, check that out, Trap. But I think they I think Facebook But they bought it. Like they didn't Oh, they bought they didn't that's design what they, it. Yeah, that's like you what said, they, they acquire it and they then destroy it. And then now they're not social media with Facebook is is like just they're just having fun. Like buying Instagram. It's like they're not just having fun, but it's not as serious as as it's not as serious as it looks. Yeah. Um what is serious is is the VR, is the Oculus. Facebook is finally buying hardware, but instead of hedging their bets on right now, what they did with Instagram, Instagram's blowing up, let's buy it. They're hedging their bets on 15 years from now. Yep. With what they're going to do. Zucks is dropping this shit now, so you say it's crazy. That's the He's not dropping it, so everybody's like, oh my god, this is going to be amazing. Like I can't wait, Zucks. Nobody likes what he's doing. He's anticipating that. He's You're ahead. Yeah. yeah. Or he's wrong. The market was up. Yeah. Before, yeah. 
Oculus raised. Let me read that real quick, just because I want to see. Oculus raised over two point four million for the project via crowdfunding. Wow, that's it! Nearly ten times the original goal. They raised two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and Oculus was acquired by Facebook in twenty fourteen. Wow. wow, crazy! And I see two point four is nothing, but in twenty fourteen, that was a little bit more yeah, for crowdfunding. Yeah, but still, for you know, a major company that's minuscule. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially that, just like, well, that's the crazy shit. I mean, dude, uh, hardware is all good, but software is where it's at. Yeah. Replicate, duplicate. Not the shit we do. That's all custom. Right. One time. <laughs> Everything, every time you make a video, you got to make make a video again. Right. Your last video has nothing to do with this one. No. It doesn't mean this one's going to be good. That last gig you did doesn't mean shit about this gig that you're going into clean tonight. Sleep. Yeah. Yep. Podcast, 100%. same thing. In terms of the, uh, you know, your, your kind of split in the video world in terms of what from a wedding from more cookie cutter to a product video to which you've done to a music video, you know, did it become naturally, did it just become obvious to you that music videos were the thing? Like you said before that you were, you really like doing them, but in college, Hey shit, what am I going to do? Let's look at what all these other, they're all being, everybody in my class is going to be PAs on films or PAs on TV shows or whatever, but shit, I'm going to do some hip hop music videos. I think it was the most doable, you know, the most executable. Um, it was like, you know, you don't need a lot of money in terms of low budget. You can kind of just go out um, as long as the song exists. Um, I don't know if everyone knows, but for the most part, you need to have that song, you know, created prior to shooting the video. Otherwise, it gets really complicated in terms of timing and the edit could get very messy. So you need the song. Yep. You need a camera. And then you need the artists. It's it's very bare bones. You can go out, shoot it without a crew. Like, obviously, higher production, you know, you're looking at a crew. But in terms of just being able to go out and create something and add your flair and, you know, do what you want to do with it, it doesn't take a lot, you know? So that was, for me, it was like, all right, I'm in college, broke, super broke, and I want to create things. Well, going out with my buddies and shooting fun videos, music videos, it was the most doable option that we had you know um you know even as a wedding to get hired as a wedding videographer you need to have business insurance you need to have some sort of credibility you know a couple's not just gonna hire you um right off the bat like a lot of the weddings i shoot isn't for my own company it's for different companies that have established their credibility and i'm just a contractor you know so music videos were just the thing that i could just go out and do myself and not really have to you know, rely on anybody else to make happen, you know? Yeah, it was very independent. For sure. How, did you think about being, did you think about running a business or you're really uh, naive to the fact that you're going to have to run a business and it was, because it seemed like you were really going into it for the creativity side and, and, and we hit a wall where you go like, oh shit, I'm kind of doing something different now. Yeah. Um, no, I, I had no intention at first of running a business. Um like I said, it was really just about creating something that I felt was special. Um, always, always liked camera work, you know, kind of how I said before, you know, dating back to my early years. So just being able to create a really dope image and something that like makes you look twice and be like, Oh, that's pretty neat. You yeah, know, that, yeah. that's what I like about it. And, um, but no, the, you know, obviously as an adult now and having bills and rent and different things that need to get paid and just establishing a savings and, you know, Whatever financial, you know, things I have, responsibilities, it kind of transitioned and adapted into a business at that point. It was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm decent at this. I think people would be willing to, you know, pay me for it. And, um, yeah, so it, it was kind of at that point I was like, you know, let, let's give this a shot. And just go for it. 
Yeah. Like, so it was like not really a question. It was kind of just like roll right in. For sure. I mean, I, I did the same shit at the same time. So yeah. I, you know, we're I podcasting. Like, yeah. For yeah. Sure. To an extent. Yeah. But, um, not nah, for me, um, I was operating for a long time, which you can operate for your entire existence as a sole proprietorship. And I was doing that out of college in college. Um, and it wasn't until this May, um, that I finally locked in my LLC kind of established the brand Exeter. Um, and yeah, that, that's kind of when it became like an official, okay, this is his business sort of idea. Yeah. Now you, uh, now it's, does it allow you though? Do you think anything's changed that you have a real bit, like an actual business or do you think, did it, was there any shift in what you do or how you look at it? Or is it just like, I'm just doing this like more official thing now? I think, um, I think I try to hold myself to a little bit of a higher standard. For the most part, my process is very similar. Um, but now I'm like, all right, I have a, a rep to protect. You know, I, you know, your name is always attached to things. So even before your reputation, your reputation is on the line. But yep. now even more so, you know, because you have this brand that you're trying to build and you know um, bring people's attention to, and you want to have people see that in a, a positive light. So for me, it's like. You know, always come and correct. You know, your word is bond. You know, you tell someone something, you know, the video I'll deliver it to you on this day. Damn well, better deliver it on that day. You know, you know, I'm going to give you X amount of hours of shooting, maybe even throw an extra hour on top. You know, just try and go a little bit above and beyond and wow the client to the point where they're like, you know, I, I definitely want to work with this person again. You know? Yeah. And refer you for sure. Yeah. Referrals are huge. Yeah. That the, the sale is not the sale, dude. The sale is the relationship. Yeah. Without the sale is the seed, not the plant. Yeah, no, that's that is a great way of putting it. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's, it, it 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 should introduce you to a relationship with this person. Yes, it should. The sale is the test. They're testing you. They want to see what you're going to do. For sure, you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, the more the more you value the other side, and the more you focus on their experience, the more of those referrals and business that you get and more lifetime value. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and as time goes on, um, like with more referrals, you build a bigger, bigger client base. And, you know, at certain points I've, you know, adjusted rates and I've had people that were working with me at a lower rate that are like, you know, I, I like this dude. I like the work that he does. And even at the higher rate, they've stuck with me, you know? So that means a lot. I, I think, uh, I mean, I know for a fact, I mean, even videographers, you know, videographers, non-videographers, everybody that's, you know, people that know you well, people who don't know you as much, but, you know, they mention, you know, the quality of your videos, which I think is definitely a, uh, there's, there's a, you can have a music video, but there's, I feel like there's a shot quality. There's like a composition quality, like an overall quality of, uh, and, and that kind of creates like when an artist has their voice right in their sound, when you go, you listen to something, you're like, that's them. Or a producer, you go, that's a Kenny Beats beat. Or that's a XYZ beat, you know? Yeah. I feel like with video, you start to build that. And you see the guys who come up in the game, they're shooting music videos, but they're just shooting music videos. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They're not putting together a production. For sure. So does that also evolve over time as you like, do you just get better at that? Like, how does that work, man? Like you finding your sound, but for you, your, you know, my style, your visual, the, yeah. yeah, my visual style. Um, yeah. Um, my approach to shooting has definitely changed. I think in the beginning it was like, get a wide, get a close up, you know, just get 
X, Y, and Z and then chop it all up. But now it's like when you're looking at the higher end music videos, you realize like it's even without like even if there's not a straight up narrative being told like a story or something like that, there's still kind of like a chronological visual story. So they'll create scenes just within the visuals. So I'll, I'll try and like, I don't know, I'll build a, a scene through, you know, a good variety of coverage, coverage, just meaning like all different kinds of angles and that sort of thing, different, you know, a static shot where the camera's not moving, um, you know, moving shots, diff, just get a good range of, of visuals and then build a scene. Um, and when I say build a scene, it's kind of like use, I don't know, second 35 to 55 in the music video. And that is the only time you might see those shots. Like there are certain music videos where you'll parallel cut back and forth from the one scene to the other. And in my opinion, in certain videos, it might serve, you know, to the actual creative, you know, outlook of the artist or what they're trying to achieve. But sometimes that can exhaust the visual. Like it's like, all right, I saw that shot in the beginning. I'm two minutes into this video and here's the same shot. You know, if you can kind of just create a scene and not exhaust too much of, say, like the real estate or like the shots that you have to offer and only give them a taste of it. I feel like that's something I've learned over time is to not like over exhaust your your shot selection in the edit and stuff like that. Your attention to detail is incredible because you can look at you could watch, for example, any of your videos, but our video, uh, just to use it as an example, bad things, good locations, the recent one, like you can watch that. Everybody who watches that's like, oh, that's cool, that's dope, I, I love this video. But if you actually go and look at the shots, everything is strategically placed, and there's a double, like, there's something else happening besides just it looking visually appealing. Thank you. Yeah, and anytime, man. I mean, that's just the facts, and uh, you know, that's what I really like about you. I also think what you do, and. Kind of goes for this video too, man. It kind of goes for for bad things too. It's not you don't always have a story to tell. You don't always have a song that is this intricate, deep storyline that you can. There's a hundred different ways you can go with it, or even how we were riffing before the podcast, putting together this video. That doesn't. You don't always have the real estate, right? And you're trying to create something cool. But you might not even have a storyline, you know? Yeah. You might just have what I call the a rapper's music video. A rap, I'm a rapper, here's my people, here's my bitches, here's my homies, here's my blunts, 100%. here's my 40s, here's my Hennessy, Let's here's flex. my thing. It's flex time. It's yeah. flex time. <laughs> How the fuck do you build a story out of flex, just flex only? No, for sure. It's, um, yeah, you kind of have to look at what the song is and just be like, all right, this is the mission, man, you know? And mm. the mission's different every time. But... So I would like to go into Bad Things, Good Locations a little bit. You know, you being the artist and everything, do you want to give the viewers and listeners a little bit of a background on that track? Yeah, great uh, transition. 2019, um, you know, I, I get this beat from Jello. Uh, shout out to Jello Music, man. One of the best producers that exists, in my opinion. And he's amazing. Hell yeah. You know, I mean, we did Heart Problems. We I have so many songs with him, and most of them are to come. Concert pianist, classically trained, turned music producer. You can't paint. You can't tell a better story. And you know, he sends me this beat, and I'm like, dude, this this is the beat, baby. I'm like, this is it. I just fall in love with this song, man. Um, don't remember the writing process, to be honest with you. Um, but I tell you this, I wrote the track. 
I wrote the hook. The hook came first, bro. That I just the hook just came, and I just I just went on that verse, dude. And I had that verse, and I had a, the bridge, and then a modified version of the bridge. So I'm like, all right, this is the song. It's like two minutes thirty seconds. Yeah. And we go to the studio with Tyler at the vault. Shout out to Tyler Braddock, man. And we ha- we're in there. It's me, him, and Jello. This is like the meeting of the fucking minds because it's like Tyler is such an amazing engineer, and he probably he doesn't know Jello. Like he doesn't know how crazy he, like he does because he's listening to the song but it's like joe's got his own musical like just world that he's in for sure and and tyler's so talented as an engineer and then i'm in there and i'm like i gotta add to this song so i wrote a verse another verse because i'm like this song needs this second verse definitely deserved that it verse. was desiring something because oh, yeah. this song was too much of a banger to not have that verse and so bro i laid that down and we and i was like just move this here that there and it just came together. And that session was at least a probably 2021. Uh, <laughs> you know? no, that is crazy. <laughs> so two years later, I lay down the second verse. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, this song's done. You know, Tyler bounces it out, masters it. You know, I run it by a lot of people. Everybody's like, this is it. This is it. You know, like, you got to drop this. You got to drop this, man. Fast forward to us uh, linking up and, and really like I think you can pick the story up from there but I don't even remember how we got going on this video man I just know that you were like bro this is a track like you had just mentioned the story of it this is a track I've been sitting on for a minute I've been wanting to shoot for this for such a long time and I, I know this is the one I want to shoot for next we had shot a freestyle music video we had shot heart problems Um, I think told me to stop actually happened in between oh i forgot that yeah yeah that was that was a track that i'm not sure when you wrote dude, that i still send that to people and they're like this is cool man yeah i still like that shit it's such a simple video such a simple song like just shot that in a day shot that much. in, yeah, in, in like, two and a half hours yeah if if that yeah on a rock yeah straight up yeah. yep but um nah we, we had started shooting in like april of 2021 right over here um in your neck of the woods went up on that uh cliff i can't disclose the actual location because that's part of the it's called the bluffs if you know it you know it. okay <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah so we uh we started there and then i think the second um the second day was over at that uh dam that like waterfall area it's called the dam if you know it, you know yep and um we went we had we spent a day on a boat like we just went out on your little skiff that's my just... boat if you know it you know you sold that boat, right? Yeah, man, I sold the boat. That's a damn shame. I actually donated the trailer to a fire department. Okay, how yeah, so they used it for like a Santa's like Christmas sleigh. Thing. Uh, that's awesome. Hopefully, yeah. Word. No. Anyway, but but uh, yeah, that boat shot is my one of my favorite shots. My second favorite shot, I think, in the whole video. Word. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, dude. To my homie, I'm showing him the thing, the video, and he's like, "Whose boat is that? <laughs> my boat, bitch. Whose ten foot bass boat is that that I got from my grandpa?" <laughs> but yeah, no, that day I was I was too much of a. Like, I was just too scared to bring my camera on that boat. We shot that entirely on GoPro that day. Yeah, but that's it. That made sense. It still yeah. worked. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And then... You get I, in some situations, man. Shit. Yeah. And then we had a fat gap, and we didn't pick it up until wintertime um, the following year, like March of 2022 of this year, earlier this year. Yeah, we caught the last storm. The last snowstorm. To of the hit. Heat. Yeah, you wow. came over uh, to my neck of the woods in Morris County, and uh, we shot that right outside my apartment complex. Yep. Um, 
And where exactly where we shot told me to stop. Yeah, yep. right over there. But it was snow covered; you couldn't even tell. Yeah, and we we, we made shot, that shit look like a winter wonderland. Shot dude. right in the snow. Yep. I think what I, I had the umbrella, right? Didn't I have the umbrella on top? How did I make sure? The yeah, yeah, I think you had the umbrella, and also, so I'm like, ah, it's snowing out. I'll take my truck, right? Yeah, the the red truck, not the four runner. I took the, the Tacoma, dude, and I'm such an idiot. The four wheel drive doesn't work, bro. <laughs> to make it to your fucking house for this video. I'm there's there's Honda Civics, Acuras, Lexus. They're all in front of me, behind me. No issue. I'm fishtailing back and forth, um, bro. I'm literally fishtailing as I'm driving. Nah. All I'm doing is steering the wheel all the way left and then all the way right, then all the way left and then all the way right. I took I literally got out of the truck and pushed all the shit in the back to the very back of the truck to try to get some traction to make it for that fucking video. Dude. I don't know how you did that. All the power to you. Hey, you know me and driving, bro. <laughs> I don't wear my fucking seatbelt. <laughs> my man, my man is Brandon's different. like we're about to expose Bop, bro. Yeah, we're gonna tell the world he doesn't wear a seatbelt. <laughs> there's like there's a long array of words I could use, but different is probably the best that I could just use in this moment to describe that. And then um, yeah, um, we shot that. I just want to mention for any other videographers out there, a little cheat code: if you have some inclement weather, just grab a backpack, throw that on your back. Get an umbrella and throw the umbrella in between your back and the backpack. And for the most part, that's a solid way to just make sure the rain's not hitting your camp. So that's that's a good little trick. Love that shit when you did that. When you pulled that out, I'm like... And I always brought an umbrella after that, too. Because I'm like, even if he doesn't have a backup, I got a backup. We need it, yeah. Yep. And, um, and then another even fatter gap. And uh, I think I hit you up in the summer. I'm like, dude, we got to shoot this last scene. Because I knew we had to shoot it. And I'm like, no, I'm going to, that guy got gigs, blah, all this shit. And I'm like, no, I can't let this go, man. We and were, and we thank were, God that you texted me. I remember when you texted me. I go, in my head, I'm like, you know, I want to do it. But I'm like, I don't really want to do it. There's so much shit going on. But I'm like, no, we have to do it. This is not a thing of like, I want, like, this is now or never for this video. 100%. Yeah. We, the summer was coming to an end and we had to execute. And, um. We uh, were very fortunate to have my good friend Adam Reyes come out um, with his drone, and we went out to the jetty on Brigantine Beach, and he killed it and uh, got some awesome shots. And then we made our way down the beach where uh, some people were hanging out, and Bop and I, like, before the shoot date, we were like, you know, we, we would love to get a model for this video. Let's see how we can go about that. And nothing really panned out, and we are like, you know, we're just going to wing it. And we just, we pull up to the beach and there just happens to not only be a model, but a modeling coach that is on the beach that day. And she was so nice. Um, her name's Shannon. And we just got so lucky with that. Yeah, super lucky. And she was. I mean, that was the day of plan. Yeah. Was to like, if we see anybody, like even if we saw just a random group of people, we were probably going to include them. It's like whatever we would get, we're going to get on that beach that day we were going to get. But we were going up to different people random girls on the beach we we're having your fucking brothers he was running up to yeah, people just be like, would you be in this video yeah and they're like nah we're underage or we or no or whatever and then and then she was very nice and we got one shot and i looked at bop i'm like i'm gonna ask if we could do one more got the second shot which ended up being like my favorite shot of that scene um and then yeah we headed over to my uh my pop's crib um he also lives in brigantine and we shot um the scene uh, with our our good friend Jared and our good friend uh, Michael Stephen Moore, and um, yeah, uh, we we shot a little bit over at the bar, and also got that um, iconic pool shot. Mm. So and that and that was it. That was that was the video. We made it happen. Dude, it was incredible. It was so crazy to 
Especially after that day, man, we were just sitting there. It was just me and you, like at the bar and, and by the pool. And we're just like, this is it, dude. We just fucking yeah, did this shit. It was shit. pretty surreal. It was surreal, man. And just the shit that goes, like, and also the fact that, like, I'm listening to this song for the first time again. Like, I'm playing this song. This shit, I made this shit three years ago. Yeah. I almost forgot, you know? Straight like, up. <laughs> I've never performed this song. Nah. Nobody even, like, people, like, I've been performing songs at shows, like, you know, for Told Me To Stop, I've done three times, you know. Even Can't Stop, I've done a couple times. Like, you know, obviously the OGs and, and uh, some freestyles and stuff. Like, never performed the track. Like, kind of like, in my head, I'm like, this is it. This is the track. And then you also get a reality check where you go, like, all right, you need to market it <laughs> if you yeah. want people to see it. But my the audience, you know, people listening and watching, appreciate you guys for supporting it. You know, audience fuck with it. Yes, thank you. And also, yeah, I've gotten... Way more compliments on the video than the song. Well, I couldn't have made the video without the song, bro. You, sure. you fucking killed it. So. And and even like, you know, shout out to Lake, dude. He he was like, yeah, man. He's like, the song's good, but the video. He said the video. And he said, that guy in the video. Oh, Mike uh, Moore. Mike, yeah, referring nah. to Mike Moore. Yeah. So even the, it's like, we captured it, dude. We fucking captured it. Yeah, Michael is that the kind of guy where he's so smart. You don't even have to tell him what to do. He he just understands the assignment, yeah. you know. And he he just came and and did his thing that day, and uh, it was awesome having him. Yeah, we went back to the podcast episode with him today. We oh yeah, yeah. Looked at it yep. for a second. Yeah, and uh, podcast was <laughs> not great back then, but it was all right. <laughs> he helped um with heart problems, right? Yeah, he actually did the recording. Yeah. In the mastering, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, more or than helped. Yeah. Potentially the mixing and the mastering. I don't know if we did the recording there or not. I think we did. Yeah, Luke Miller was there actually shooting like a mini doc about it. Because we had a, like we had a lot of we have a lot of footage from that song. Yeah, yeah. Um, shout out uh, Purple Door Records. Shout out Purple Galloway, Door, New Jersey. Shout out Luke Miller. Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, it, it's there's. I'm glad that Mike Moore's back at it too, and really, you know, he's back. I love watching his stories. I just want to see that guy doing. He it. is. One of the most talented people I know, if not the most talented. Musically like, talented and yeah. also mentally just yeah. all there. Nah, for sure. Just has this intelligence level. Yeah, yeah. we go way back. Met him in second grade. Um, one of my closest friends. Don't see him nearly as mm. much as I would like to nowadays now that I live in North Jersey. Um, and he's down in South. But when we link up, it's always a great time. Look, my question is, would you ever take that long to shoot a music video again? Hell yeah. Nah, um... Being how well it worked out, I think that, you know, there's those videos like told me to stop where you're just going to get it done real quick and it's going to work. And then you have those videos where you're like, all right, this is more of like a intricate masterpiece and we're going to try and get all the little parts that we need and put it all together. And yeah, it took a lot of time, but I think it was really fulfilling to see it all come together at the end. So yeah, I would say yes, for sure. I, I agree, man. I agree. Yeah, I would do, listen, like, not that I want to release every song uh, after four years, but just to be able to put together, also to take your time with something more than you even need to. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things I would change about the song now, you know, that obviously I didn't go ahead and change, but seeing where that's at, I'm like, okay, that also helped me now for the next songs. I was know? just going to say, if not, just inspire the next track you do, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I said to you off camera too, I'm just trying to collab now. Like, I'm really just trying to collaborate with people because I feel yeah. like that is the best thing I can do right now because uh, I'm not concerned about plays and down. Like, it just doesn't make sense for me to get caught up in that. Oh. I just want to make the art yeah, that's and a, just do it to do it. That's what it's like, about. Like, just to, like, enjoy it and use it as a catharsis 
and get back into it, you know, because I took a lot of time off, dude. I I spent all my creative energy on my business. Yeah. I had to literally create something from nothing. That's where my outlet was. Why aren't you an AI, man? Why why don't you have unlimited potential? I am you just do? Oh, fuck. I do have a, <laughs> You guys know I have a chip, right? You guys know I Elon chipped. I chipped up. Nah, nah. It, it does take a lot of energy, for sure. Dude, especially, you know, you can't... I, I never want to feel like I have to make something, you know? Nah, it, when it's forced, it's... I mean... I don't know. You, I guess you can force something. Like, I've definitely had projects where things probably shouldn't have happened, and we shot them anyway, and it became a music video, and it's like, whatever. Um, but most of the time, like, those serendipity moments and when things just feel right, you know, you never want to force something creatively, I would say. Do you see yourself getting on camera at all, like, being, like, actually making content? Because you made a little bit to launch your business, but I, I'm, I'm wondering if you or leaning into that at all or have any aspirations around that so like how i mentioned michael and i had gotten those laptops and we were doing our thing back in the day like all of those videos we were doing you know i was on camera you know so i did get a taste of you know acting or whatever you would call it it's definitely generous to call it acting but uh yeah i i had you know experience at a younger age whether i see myself doing that in the future i don't know i'd be open to it though i'm not against it by any means It'll give you a good look inside of it as well, which I think is, you know, and, and that's why uh, I want to shoot my own music video. Dude, know? do it. I, I, you, I mean, you've done, um, well, I don't know, I don't know how I'd label the video, but you did it for, um, what's the name of the song? Um, shit, man. Yeah, I think you shot it literally right here. It was like a, it was just. Oh, I did a remix. You did the remix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually didn't drop that. Oh shit! Oh, okay. just like everything else oh, I've ever made. Sh- sorry, didn't, didn't. no, no, no. It's good. It's good that you said that okay, because okay. I don't release shit, dude. I just made it. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I'm gonna drop that just randomly word, one day because you know, it's yeah. like already done. But yeah, uh, also now I've been watching you. I've been watching Devin. I've been watching Luke Miller. I've been watching all these guys make videos, and I have my own ideas now. Hell yeah! You know of what I want to do, and now. I want to go out and do it now. When if I do it, I'm going to commit to it. You know, I'm actually going to do it. I'm going to pick the right song. I'm going to go out and do it. Definitely. Uh, that song that I showed you today, Pro Bono. Um, you know, I want to do it for that one. I think because it's really simple. Um, that one with the singing on the hook. Yep, yep. A lot of 908 stuff. Like I can walk into these businesses and the businesses and people that I reference. I can just walk in and get the shot. Yeah, just represent just solo the area myself. That yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Dap the people up Without and a get a slice of pizza or whatever yeah. it ends up being. Wholesome vibes. Wholesome vibes, and I can I can do that myself. So I'm gonna do probably some kind of like first person esque video. You know, there will be shots where that are you know the static camera, and I'm like walking in and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, I'm that's kind of like all I have for it right now. But I have been thinking about it. You know, I forget the name of the rig. Maybe Trek could look it up. But it's like um, they had it in the Hangover for that shot where Stu wakes up. Prof Bar Breaker, that video music video I showed you had it yeah, too. Remember? Yeah. It's where the camera is basically it's it's pointing straight at the actor, and wherever they turn, it's it's attached to their chest. It's like a rig. Um, I'm sorry, Trent. I'm not giving you a lot to go off of here, but it's basically just where the camera is like. If the actor turns, the camera follows. Yeah, I was going to ask you what that's called. I yeah, had yeah, I should know. It. I really should. If you look up also, uh, after you find the name of it, uh, Tret, there's a music video called Bar Breaker by Prof. And uh, that one, the whole video, he's wearing it. 
And, oh, it's so cool, man. Yeah. I'd love to do one with that. That would be a great tool because especially if you're doing it all on your own, you just slap the camera on and just walk around. And I forget what this guy's name is. I'll also find him on Instagram. He shoots all of his own music videos with, like, just, like, a big boot, like, a big extension. Yeah, yeah, like a and selfie stick. Selfie stick, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. He, they, they love, people love it, dude. Not I found sure. him through the videos. I'm like, just the fact that this guy records all of his own shit and he's so hype. Nobody's around. Yeah. He's so hype, bro. Nah, and I'm like, that's, that's an artist right there. Like, they don't energy. care about anybody, about anything else. Just, like, I'm shooting my shit. Yep, 100%. Um, my uh, my good uh, friend, um, Zave the Ripper, um, he did... Fellow friend of the pod? Yes, sir. He's been on the Bobcast. What is... Oh, yes, the Snorri Cam. It's the chest... Snorri Cam. The chest cam body mount. Thank Yo, you, Trent. and uh, if you could share also for uh, people watching on the YouTube, Trent, that... Prof Barbreaker video or the hangover scene. If you type the name of that camera with the hangover, yeah, just, yeah, just so, so people could get a visual of what this we're talking about. Yeah, here. hangover where Stu wakes up. Um, that like notorious shot where he stands up. Um, you get to see that. But I was starting to say, like the Snorri cam, those will probably run you a good buck for like you know the industry standard one. But I know um, Zave. Um, I call him Javi, but I'm gonna go by Zave because that's you know his actual name. His name's Xavier. Uh, he made like a like a makeshift one where he just basically took a tripod and um, him and uh, my other good friend and Zave's manager Dev basically set it up where the camera was just like a snorri and it just pointed right at him and they held the tripod up against him and it was just like basically the same effect and yeah. he ran around um, for a lyric video and it it was really really cool the no cry video yeah it, oh, it came out really neat dude I love to do that yeah shit. yeah that'd be so sick hell yeah I also do like the uh, we just, me and Vicky just watched End of Watch again. I haven't seen that. Trey, you know End of Watch? Yes. Great movie. Very good movie. Insane. Jake Gyllenhaal. And oh, forget the Spanish guy's name. I'll, it'll come to me. Some, uh, it'll come to me. I'll find it. Uh, he's in Narcos, Mexico. Uh, and, and a lot of other movies. And they're cops in uh, maybe South Central or something like that. Or okay. Somewhere over there on the West Coast. And uh, a lot of it's first-person body cam. Obviously, with much better cameras than a body cam. Yeah. That I also like. So the opposite side of that. Instead right. of you on the snorri cam seeing the person, Looking you see the hour view? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do any of that? Like, um, uh, or I, have you? I haven't, actually, um, to be honest. Um, they have, like, mounts for the GoPro, like a like a chest harness that you can wear, yeah. and you can insert your GoPro. I think they're pretty cheap. I've looked at them, but I haven't actually pulled the trigger and got one. But definitely would be a, a powerful tool um, for music videos and just, like, narrative work and stuff. That'd be pretty cool to get. Yeah, and, and also just to be able to shoot your own shit. Yeah, yeah, 100%. One of those, like, the Snorri or the off-the-chest mount yeah. GoPro. I mean, listen, all those fucking snowboarders and skateboarders and everybody, there are a lot of them are shooting their own shit, yep, they're dude. They're doing that. Not yep. Jared Mang, dude. He's got, like, little homies over there. Like, just shooting like that's the going. way to do it. Have the little homies who are so hype. Yeah, yeah. You know, fucking steady that shit. But they, they don't have got the steady hand, though. They don't know how to film. But nah, that, that yeah, um, there's a lot of cool tools out there, for sure. Yeah, the uh, there's just so much with video, man. Like, I love audio, and I haven't even scratched the surface. Like, maybe I have. I made a lot of beats. I engineer shit, shit like that. But I, there's so much more to that. And then now, for me stepping into the video realm, just with podcasts only, just to try to figure out what camera to get and how does the scene switcher work? And you know, I mean, OBS set like yeah. <laughs> export settings. Well, like, let me flip the script a little bit. You asked me like the future of video. Where do you see audio heading? Like, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now, like 
as far as technology? Do you think it's going to add to the experience? Do you think it's going to take away from the art form? Like, what do you think that's going to be like? Yeah, I think we're limited by our ears. I think we're also limited by the, our eyes too, right? And the fact that like past what 8K or something, it doesn't even really yeah, register. I don't even know if we go up to 8K as humans. Yeah, it's like somewhere in between like four and six. I could be wrong, but yeah. If I were to look at the general public, I would assume that people's eyes visually are more developed than their ears. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas they can spot things easier details than okay. they can listen to something uh, and hear the difference. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I don't think, I think that these, uh, yeah. So 576 megapixels is the, is that what our eyes are? Wow. Yeah. That's what our Holy eyes are. Holy shnikes. That's pretty nice. That's man. pretty good. I mean, think of it. The eye is ridiculous. Yeah. The, the human eye, you, you no, nah, you can't beat it. There's no, no camera that beats it right now. No, no it's not going to happen. Um, but I, I think that being said, um, where I see it going for audio is the deep fake with voices, right? Yeah. Like, I've I'm recorded on however many hours of audio. Like, you can just put that into a system right now and just make me say anything you want. Nuts. Nuts. <laughs> so that's possible right now. Wow. So I think that's crazy. I think with music, though... Um, I think Drake, or not Drake, I use him as an example, but he's a bad example. But say any artist, right? You're going to upload all of your beats, all of your songs, everything. It's going to be able to create the same way it can with a deep fake audio voice mm. songs. But it's going to create songs out of your current songs. Oh. So it's not it's not going to sound like any of your songs, right? It's going to sound like just another Drake song, just another Ye song, just another whoever. But it's going to be able to analyze uh you're gonna have like almost a hierarchy where it's like you're gonna tell the system this song did this well this song got you're gonna have a metric right this song got this many plays so the system knows which songs are more popular than others so it's gonna take elements from the more popular songs and they form new Just songs pull the best parts of each song and yes and it's gonna make you say whatever it wants you to say oh, um, and or and or it's gonna write you the lyrics and then you rap it Damn. so it's gonna basically make the beat it's going to, from all of your other beats, it's going to formulate the song structure, and then it's going to write the lyrics out, and then you can just rap the lyrics and change what you want to change. Damn. I think that's where it's going to go. I think that's where it's going to go in 70 years or something, you know, okay. like pretty far out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I just, uh, the, the thing is this, like, it has to be better. If it's not better than what we have, Oculus isn't better than what we have right now, right? That's yeah. why we don't use it. Any Phones are better than what we had. Facebook's better than what we had. Facebook's better than what we used to get here, which is called the Treasure Hunt, which is a little paper magazine that you pick up for free that has your classifieds, your cars for sale, your houses for sale, your odd jobs, your I'll pick up your scrap guys. Facebook is way better. Right. So Craigslist and Facebook took that over. For sure. Only because it's better. Right. So that's the thing. If the songs are better, this will take off. If the songs suck, it won't. It's just a very kind of... Uh, a black or white scenario. Definitely. If the videos are better, it'll take off. Like, if it gets as good or better than humans, it will then be the thing. Humans don't actually care who made the song. They care about the artist, but they don't care who made the song. Mm. If they did, they would see all the writer credits and then talk about all those people. They would go to the end of the movie and then watch all those credits. Yeah. They don't because they don't care. No, you're they right. care about the consumption. They care about the entertainment. The experience. Yeah. The experience. 100%. So you want it to be, I love J. Cole. I want it to be a J. Cole song, but dude, if J. Cole only just, if they just used, licensed his voice and his beats 
and put it through their amazing software and spit out the J. Cole song, I don't really care. Yeah. How does that work, like, legally? Like, as far as these labels and record, like, companies go, like, do they actually own the rights to, like, the sonic, like, you know, nature of your voice? Like, how does it, like, do you still own your voice once you sign to a label? How does how does that work? All I know is the most recent example that I have of this is Taylor Swift. Okay. She, they owned all her masters. Yeah. So she went out and re-recorded all the songs, and she was she was good to go. Mm. So they owned that version of they owned her recordings. Gotcha. They didn't own the song. Got it. Okay. There's a difference. Yeah. And so there's a thing called ASCAB, which you have to sign up for, which is like basically music copyright insurance. And there's the Universal Masters as well. There's companies that artists have to use to copyright their music. Okay. I don't know the logistics of it Got or it. like the legality behind yeah, it. Yeah. But at least in Taylor Swift's case, she was able to then go and just re-record. But bro, you're re-recording a song from 2012. Right. Like this is not the same fucking energy. Nah, nah. So like imagine getting back into that and being like, okay, I got to record my song that I now hate. <laughs> you know, it's tough just to put it back out again. So that's just one example. I don't know. I see a lot of, um, I mean, record companies are smart, dude. They're, they're, um, you know, they're loan companies, right? So they say, Hey artist, we're going to own everything, uh, that you do, but we're also going to give you all this money and all you have to do is behave back. Yeah. It's a 360 deal. It doesn't always happen, right? The pro where people get fucked is where labels know that you can't pay it back. Mm. Right? It's like, that's a shitty label. A good label, though, isn't going to ha- have a bad deal with an artist. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense. Like, yeah, because they would want long-term. You're setting the artist up for failure. Yeah. 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 So that's like, I don't think that they're, they, people put this evil notation. It's like, I don't think Jack Harlow's fronting when he's like, I love my label and like my label, like I, I have no complaints. Like, he might legit have no complaints. Yeah. You know, like he might be fine. Like his deal might be fleshed out and went through lawyers and everything. I would hope, yeah. Like if you get fucked on a deal, it's like it, ultimately it is on you. Because um, nobody signs a contract that they didn't have the opportunity to read most of the time, you know. Uh, it's just the fact of like the you have to learn from other people's mistakes, I think, you know. But I have no, you know, aspirations to get involved in that. You know, if somebody I, – I don't have the brand for it. Like I would need a lot of fans. That's where you, you know, entertain label conversations. Because we had Ice Made It on this podcast. He's a and r right. uh, art, art director as well, things like that. Um, and, you know, he's explaining that. He's like, labels don't take anybody who's not pre-made. Hmm. They don't take you unless you're built in. Like, they don't build shit for you. They just give you the money and the access. The package has to exist already. You're just presenting the package. Especially now. Them. Yeah. The better artists get. The harder it is for artists. Yeah. The more fans they have, the harder it is. Because now the standard's higher. Right. Yeah. And I don't that doesn't mean that the next artist's success is hurts your success. No, no, no. That just means you need to be better. For sure. It's not about talent. I saw something and I'm terrible with sources, but uh there was an artist, um, he said something about like if you're not signed yet and you have desire to be signed, don't drop a project, don't drop an album. Those album sales, numbers, metrics, those could be used against you. The label will use those against you if it doesn't perform well. Drop singles. Drop things that can't be used as leveraged against you. You know, if they're, like, able to, you know, be like, hey, you put this out and it flopped. This is really all you're worth now. Well, they can now define your worth based on the metrics, you know? So, like, that was something that I remember one artist saying, like, look, 
don't put out major projects until you're really confident that they're going to perform because labels can use that, you know, not in your favor. Dude, in reality, how many, I would say 100% of the artists you've made videos for wanted that video to do better than it did. Yeah, not for sure. And you myself know? included, you know, yeah. um, and like you mentioned earlier, like if I only focused on the numbers, it, it would be a it would be a tough life, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's it's about more than that, at least at the level I'm at right now. Um, but yeah, uh, for sure. For the artists that you're working with, too, it is more than that. Totally, obviously, because they know where they're at. It's like we know where we're at. Yeah, like we know. Like I know I have a thousand people that fuck with me. It's like I fucking I'm I'm ecstatic. Like I fucking yeah. think that's incredible. You know, and uh, you know. Yeah, two, three hundred views, four hundred views on hard problems. Like, that's good for me. Yeah, I mean, what did you just say earlier? You were like, "Yo, Luke, Dev, you, you've inspired me to make something myself." Like, in my mind, that's powerful shit. Oh, it's man. all about like, impact, dude. The fact yeah. that I mean, my biggest part about bad things, good locations. The best thing for me is that we shot in those locations. Yeah, like yeah, my friend, uh, shout out to Ethan. Um, you know, he sent me a video that he shot at the dam. Hmm. And because I was like, damn, I'm the fucking only one who shot here. And I'm like, obviously, I wasn't the only one who shot there. <laughs> I was the only one who shot a music video like that um, or really put on for that location. But, yeah. you know, that that's what I'm proud of. I'm proud of also just that's why I post on Facebook. Like, this is possible. Like, I'm not killing it in life. It's just like I'm like doing it enough for to keep going. And it means a lot to you. Like, those yeah. locations are tied back to your childhood. You know, like Exeter, that that stands for Exeter Court. That's the street that I grew up on. That's where I started doing all of this. You know, that's yeah, where dude. Michael and I were running around with cameras. And yeah, you know, I could have been more witty or, you know, been made a more marketable name. But for me, that's a name that as I build credibility and people are like, oh, Exeter, I know that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm building a brand that for me, the name ties back to something that means a lot, you know, and I think that's important as creatives and artists for whatever you're making to, to mean something for you personally, you know, it's more powerful. Yeah. And also keeps you going for sure. And that's what Dodie said on the last one. too, man, I mean, the fact that like he, you gotta believe in it. Yeah. Like if you believe you'll, you know, if you have the why you'll get through anyhow, it's cliche, but it's true. Totally. No. And I think that's where a lot of people flop. I mean, that's where a lot of clothing brands don't become they don't move they don't progress right they go they start off with the spark and an idea like when you're sitting there like doing your th 137th video you're there because you did the eighth video like you did the seventh then the sixth like the sixth video you did you're like fuck this this fucking sucks this artist is annoying they didn't pay me half my shit or whatever i'm gonna blah 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 <laughs> all through that bullshit you didn't quit all through my refunds and dealing with clients and this and that like didn't stop. Keep going. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's and that's it, man. And because you have the strong foundation that's centered in your belief, I think. Sure, it ties back to your street, man. It ties back to the reality of like your come up, but it's also the belief that you have, which I think is really like um there's beliefs, there's skills, and there's character traits. Hmm. And uh I got this from a guy named Alex Ramosi. The beliefs are what do you fundamentally believe about the world, right? Um, that could be helping you or limiting you. Yeah. Your skills are your raw skills. What are you good at? What are you not good at? Your character traits are kind of how you react to, to the world, you know, uh -huh. uh, how you react with others. Um, you can have 
the best belief system in the world. We know these people. They are they, you. They look their mindsets like ironclad. You're like your mindset's so good. You read all these books, whatever. But they're still working that same job that they were six years ago. They don't actually continue in life. Then you got the skills people. They got every skill in the world. They're under fucking paid. Yeah. They're making a tenth of what they should make, right? Because they only have skills. Then you have the character traits people. They're fantastic with people. They're still fucking broke. Yeah. Like, this is the best. I just want to be around this guy all day, but he, he ain't doing shit. So, you need to actually have the... You need to, first of all, real, recognize the ones that you're not strong in. Maybe it's your beliefs. Maybe it's your skills. Maybe it's your character traits. You need to also... Like, you can't... There will be one of one or multiple... One or more of... One or more than one of them will limit you. Yeah. And will actually stop you from getting to the next point. And that's where people who people who are starting out, they don't have a problem starting, right? Like people you get on a diet, right? People have no problem starting a diet. Yeah. So, But they'll come to the trainer and say, I can't start. And they go, how many diets did you try? Eight. Okay, so you have no problem starting. So that's most people, bro. I feel like their beliefs fucking most of the time stop them, right? You can build the skills over time. But one of these three is going to, you know, end up stopping them in their tracks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about, can you push forward, man? Like, can you know that, fuck, I got a fucked up belief. I literally actually can do this. Yeah. If I just figured out how to do it, you know, rather than be like, I can't do it. It's done. Nah, you're totally right. And I think that goes for people that are are looking to constantly grow and to constantly become a better version of themselves, um, which I think all people on a character, maybe personality level, are trying to do that. But not everyone has this huge career goal or this huge business agenda. You know, I, I know people from my hometown that still live there and they have good jobs. They're making decent money and they're still living in the same town we grew up in and they're fulfilled just doing that. And that is dope. That is cool. You know, everyone has a different idea of what fulfills them and what actually, you know, makes them feel like, yeah, I I feel good about what I'm doing. Um, and I don't think you have to, you know, a lot of people say, leave your hometown, you know, it'll, you know, create more growth. And I can attest to that, you know, being that I did that, but I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with just, you know, living where you grew up and if if that's what floats your boat and if that's what makes you feel good and and you're fulfilled with that i think each person is different it's very subjective in that sense you know i love the this ties in pretty well with the new jersey conversation me and ethan ross two episodes ago we wrapped that motherfucker in a bow so i'm not going there but it's this idea that there's an expectation to support something right like oh this person got put on so you support us now because you made it. It's like that makes no sense to nah. me personally. And or you have the person from the home left the hometown goes, Thank God I left my hometown. And then they go shit on their hometown. Bruh. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I I couldn't tell you. Bro, that hometown could have fucked your life. It's not you it's not you to make it better. It's not on anybody else. So it's like, it just makes no sense that, like, people be like, flex that they left their fucking hometown, just as one example. Yeah, yeah. I believe it, too. Right. I left my hometown for a couple, few yeah, years, yeah, too. Yep. I believe it, 100%. But holy shit, is it not, it's always your obligation to make the change. Right. There's never anybody else's obligation. 100%. If you fucking maxed out your contribution, then you're good. Step away. Totally. Go. 
It's all me. I'll just improve me now. But it's just the fucking crazy counterintuitive mindset. I don't understand. Yeah. No. Like, you're right. Give back, you know? Do it. Do what you can for the people that did what they could for you, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Like, shit, like, I could go try to fucking make a podcast blow up tomorrow. Like, I know what to do, but that's not what I want to do. Yeah. You know? And I think whether you know it or not, I think you personally, dude, like, there's people that see you from afar and they respect it and they kind of wish that they can have the thing, their thing. Like you kind of alluded to before, like, yeah, there are people that are, that are fulfilled, so to say, that are kind of living that kind of average life. Um, but there's also a lot of people that just didn't find it yet. Yeah. So they, they're like wishing that they could have found the thing. I got like eight of them. I'm good. Like you got video, you know, there's other things that you have in your life as well that you care about. But I do, don't you feel lucky though that you fucking found it? Like, hell yeah, man. No, I, I'm extremely grateful. I'm, I'm blessed, super fortunate, you know? Um, like people pointed out to me and I'm like, oh shit, you're right. Like the fact that at such a young age, I kind of already had a good hold on what I was going to be doing for my life. You know, that's somewhat rare, you know? And when you're the one going through it, you don't, identify it as rare but you look back and you're like shit yeah i guess that's not everyone's experience so yeah no nah, i definitely feel blessed and lucky to have that be my reality um but like you said it, there's nothing wrong um you know with having not found that and then you know down the line finding it you know so, yeah i just think there's so much distraction now too yeah definitely you find yourself in a youtube hole Oh yeah, man, yeah. dude. The it's it's bad. Better than a media news hole, I think. Better than a Fox news hole. Yeah, no, I I, I can hey, say. Yeah, can I coin this term on the podcast? What's up? You know what's going on in culture right now? What's that? You know what's going on with Yay right now? I'll leave it at that. Once I end this, I, we won't talk about Yay at all. Okay, thank you. <laughs> it's not a K hole, bro. It's a fucking Yay hole. A Yay hole? Yep. Oh man, he's in a fucking Yay hole, dude. Dude. That's... He's deep down in a fucking yay hole oh, right now. Oh my god, he is. <laughs> he's so deep in that. My guy, he's like falling, bro, and he's so deep. It's like he did so much ketamine that he can't even. <laughs> he's fucking ah. Okay. <laughs> Here's the dude. The problem is that he should go make music. That's the end of that. But word. But dude, I just think there's so much fucking distraction and fucking. And uh, Schultz said this too, which I think was really powerful. Which is like we went from Trump to COVID and everything was insanity. Yeah. And now. I do feel it's more relaxed. I do feel it's less... It's polarized as shit. But I feel that it's less... There's a tension that was eased, you know? Like, I think we're a little bit... I don't like Byron, dude, but I fucking don't mind that he can barely function. Like, I just... There's nothing I have to worry about. I you know? I think it's all relative, like maybe compared to the level of tension, but I I would argue there's still a good amount of tension. No, I think there's more polarity, but I think there's less tension. Okay, no, that's fair. No, and I won't include Russia, Ukraine. I think that adds a lot of tension, but I just think in the society right now, I just think there's an ease of I I I really think a lot of people, even people who are so riled up and so involved and so checking Twitter every and just on their shit and the news and all this. Do you use Twitter? Sorry to interrupt. No, no, I don't either. No, I don't use it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I go. I have an account. Like I'll pop on and just read Elon's shit. Yeah, and yeah. just see what's up. Like <laughs> you know what? That's funny too, man. I love watching this Twitter shit from afar because I don't give a fuck what happens with Twitter. I don't care at all. Yeah. Like Twitter could just delete tomorrow. I just don't care. Not me neither. Because I don't have a massive following on there. Now you say that about LinkedIn, motherfucker. I'm getting in there. I'm <laughs> like, like, what? No, I'm like, you need to owe me money, dude. 
Um, but it is fun to watch. Uh, Elon just completely dismantle this entire business and platform and just rebuild it. For sure. But I, I don't know. People are painting this picture like he's destroying it. I'm like, I don't think Tesla engineers have fucking destroyed much. I think they've no. built a lot of shit. Yeah. You tell me that's not making Twitter better, then you're probably... Humans don't like change, man. You know, it was a shift. Um, Twitter was run by those people for such a long time. You know, he's a new head. And uh, I think people, anytime there's a shift or a change, they're going to have something to say about it, you know? You know, regardless of what that is. So, um, but yeah, um, I don't use Twitter. I feel like if there's anything important that happens on Twitter, it'll get screenshotted and it'll end up on Instagram anyway. Yeah. You know? So that's kind of my mentality. I've had a Twitter. If you go on mine, it's it's B Ferrero and it's been there since 2013. I used it to like make jokes with my friends in high school, but nah, I'd, I've never really been a big Twitter guy. I have 10,000 tweets, bro. You don't want to go through those. Oh, shit, man. Don't go through them. They're very old. Actually, that'll be a good rabbit hole. Man, yo, y'all want to cancel me? I was just going to say. Get we, we, in there, dog. Can you, Bob it's get canceled? All, oh, bro. <laughs> I'm already canceled, baby. I, I try to do it. I try to cancel myself. I've not said any crazy shit on this podcast, bro. At all. I'm very, I'm very with times. Nothing controversial. What's your, uh, what's your opinion <laughs> on cancel culture as a whole? I mean, I think it's uh, it exists to an extent. So, like, the extent that it does exist is if somebody says something or had some, said something in the past, uh, which has happened many times, and then companies cut relationships with that person who – companies that were paying them, right? So you go from income to less income because of something you said. Mm-hmm. That's a cancellation, yeah. right? Like, that's what they talk about. Like, so just to get definition straight. You know, I don't think it's not we can't cancel somebody because we're not everybody. We can't put a, f- a fit like Tate is the perfect example. Andrew Tate's the perfect example. Yeah. He's canceled. Okay. Why is he everywhere? So is does canceling exist? Is it real? Milo Yulinopoulos? Like there's I, many other examples. Like I said, terrible with uh you know, sources, but didn't he like kind of hack the system like didn't he go out and hire a bunch of people to like post his shit and that's why he's all over or something is that just a theory or did you see he that? has a social media strategy but i wouldn't get that conflated with his with like the fact that or if he gamed the system to not be canceled i don't think that's what happened gotcha okay now what he did do was he did strategically appear on all of these different shows and honestly i think ymh did ymh no who did they break they didn't break him did they yeah they broke they him. broke him yeah, yeah. And, you know, your mom's house podcast, like this shit happens organic. Like this, is, like, obviously it's a plan what I'm saying, but it, 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 it just happens in emotion. It's just like one podcast, YMH, then to the next one, then to the next one, then the next one, then the clips get spread. Then those people repurpose the clip. It's like, you know, how do you cancel clips that are constantly reposted or reposted or reposted? Like it's actually, you won't, you can't cancel a person. You can cut ties with them. Yeah. You know, and you can impact their business. You know, you can ruin their reputation. For sure. But I don't, you can't, there's no wand to cancel wand. You know, it doesn't just cancel you. But, right. But isn't that itself cancel culture? Like ruining somebody's business and livelihood? Oh, that's what I'm on... saying it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But I'm saying beyond that, that's all it is. Like, right. it's not that all companies will never work with Andrew Tate. Many companies do. But yeah, they no, would love to. It, it's not purely financial. It's also reputation-based. Yeah, yeah, and there's a – if you – it's also this. There's articles that go out that then get retracted, but 
they'll go out. So it's like these media uh, perfect examples like Candace Owens talking to the fucking New York Times or New York Post or something, and they're like, "What articles you're referring to, Candace Owens?" She's like, "Your own articles," and then she's like pulling up all this that all all these articles that they wrote that they're like, "Where where are you getting this information from?" Like, that's the the fucking media is backwards, bro. Like, it's it 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 will tell you what it wants to tell you, and then it'll just retract everything that's not true, but it will put the thing out not being true. And then everybody thinks that's true. Yep. You know, and I think, and also think about this, the fucking litter boxes, we covered this, but the litter boxes in classrooms thing, like that's real. It's not real because a kid was a cat identified as a cat and they put a litter box in the bathroom. That didn't happen, but there's litter boxes in schools that happened. That's real, but they conflated it as kids wanted litter boxes so now they have litter boxes you see what i'm saying this is news to me i had no idea about that yeah but that but that's an example yeah yeah it's not you can't believe what you see you can't believe what's said the article will come out and then the retracted order or then the new article will say it is real but it's actually in case there's a bomb threat and they need to stay in the school for more than they need to stay in the classroom for more than a day then they have essentially litter that people can go to the bathroom in fucking Colorado. Oh my gosh. Damn, the scary world. Crazy world, but what you see is not what it is. Yeah. You know, so that's what I think, like, yeah, sure, that is a definition of cancellation, but it's not, I don't, I don't know, though. I'm not at that level, you know? I mean, I just listen to what people say about it. Totally. Uh, Shane Gillis is a great example. He's a comedian. Not sure if you know of him. Not familiar. Gillian Keeves, really great comedy videos. Um, They're great, man, but... uh, he got off SNL. Uh, they took him off SNL right after he got hired because of something he said on a podcast. Mm. You know, he got canceled, but he got canceled from SNL. He didn't cancel, get canceled from the fucking world. Yeah. He got on the show he wanted to be on his entire life. Didn't even get the chance to be on it. Then they pulled him because of something he said on a podcast. And now he's fucking killing it. So he's there's, everywhere. There's levels to this shit. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's one, you know, it's, it's, it's. Yeah, it, there's levels to the shit, and, and, and something goes down over here and pops up back up over there. Like, I think it's yin and yang. Yeah, yeah. But I just don't see it as all bad, I guess is what I'm saying. For sure. And it's also probably not as bad as what you would think that it is, you know? Unless you're... I mean, there's people walking around that have fucking done war crimes. and I mean, you name it, not to go into the conspiratorial realm, but... There's some shit that's gone on that has been swept under the rug for fucking it's ever. Never and it's like, questioned. yeah, yeah nobody says right. shit. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. It's you know? just what we choose to bring our attention to, or the media chooses. You know, what so. you make a big deal of. Yeah, you know. So I guess that never intrigued you, the media side of production, because there's people that probably that you went to school with that did probably go into that. Well, I, I mean, I attended a, a school in Galloway, uh, Apscami High School, and I took media classes. I took three of them um and yeah we we learned about like viacom rupert rupert murdoch um like just like the the big ogs the people that are kind of pulling the strings um media for me it was like it was a great way um to open up um my understanding of how um you know video was practically applied in the world you know like how people made money from it and um the actual uses of it um, but I never really, like, I guess that was, like, once again, more of a cookie-cutter approach. Like, it, there's not a lot of creative liberty. I've always kind of had that artistic tone. and Take media, a chance. or Yeah, you know. yeah. So, like, if you're on a news broadcast, there's obviously a formula to that. You know what I mean? You're not going to be able to go too far outside of that, um, 
and it was cool. Like, once again, um, bringing up Michael, uh, him and I were news anchors for the morning news at, yep. in high school. Um, and uh, that was a cool experience. Um, but nah, I never really had too much of a, like a desire to get into any um, like communications or, or media, that sort of thing. I think it's amazing. Don't you think it's amazing, though, how all of our consumption is video now? Yeah. Like, it's podcasts, too, but all most podcasts have video for a reason. For sure. Like, it's all, we're all just watching people all day. Yeah. It's funny, too, um, how, like, just the adaptation of the um, the picture ratio from horizontal to vertical. Like, now I'll be on my desktop looking at YouTube, and there's vertical videos. And I'm like, this looks weird, but it's like most video is consumed through your smartphone nowadays you know it's true and so do you have to think about that as a video creator videographer shooting these videos like how does that factor in now because the fact that i'm gonna make more clips than i than you are gonna make videos you're gonna make one video but i'm gonna make 18 clips for sure so what's interesting is if you're a videographer excuse me and you're you're shooting a video horizontally and then you're like, hey, I want to, you know, obviously tap into the best that these algorithms have to offer and create vertical content. Most of the time what you're doing is you're taking a horizontal video and you're shaving off the sides and then you're just getting that vertical. If you really want to get the most of what your camera has to offer, just rotate your camera 90 degrees, you know, shoot it vertically. Um, a lot of people don't do that. The only downside is if you want to reconvert it to horizontal, you can't, but you're now not losing all of those pixels, all of that information that you would have if you just cropped your horizontal. Like, I've shot a couple uh, rap freestyles uh, with my close friend Rec. Um, I shot one with Zave, um, my uh, my boy Kasi B. We've done videos where I've literally just rotated the camera, and, you know, maybe a normal consumer wouldn't have noticed, but um, for me as a videographer, I'm like, hell yeah, that looks much better. But yeah, definitely now that vertical is, like, the mainstream thing, I wouldn't say that it's totally overpowered my decision-making when composing shots. Like, I'm still composing for horizontal, but then, like, you're still in the back of your head keeping the mind, eh, maybe you keep things a little centric because, you know, I'm, like, chop this vertical later, you know? Yeah. So it's it's definitely in the back of my mind sometimes. Yeah, with this, man, I mean, the angles we have are are there for vertical. We're damn in the middle of these frames right now. Yeah, yeah. that's yep. the point. Yep. You know, uh, makes it easier in post to, to cut in, man. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I mean, I, uh, I guess it's kind of crazy. Like, I guess Vine was the first vertical video that was super popularized, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I Snapchat would say. Snapchat as well once yeah, they yeah. added video, I, I would guess say. Around Instagram the same time. maybe, but. Yeah, yeah. But I, nobody was making, ver- no, Instagram didn't figure it out, dude. They were doing like wide on the vertical yeah phone right yep. but it had to be wide yeah i don't think stories actually were out until vine was already like igtv done was a massive fucking flop too that made no sense yeah i don't know about that that, that was weird that made no sense because it had nothing to do with tv no or ig yeah it was an interesting approach but it must have been yeah, it was vine but then there was a massive gap until tiktok took off which is really interesting yeah because t- for some what was the deal bro why were people not hyped about fucking t- well trailer was kind of cool Trailer's I, still a thing, right? Like people. That was still... like the original, like TikTok, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, which it is still a thing, um, but it's just like we. It's once again can't predict, gotta adapt. You just wait for the market to come around. For sure. Like those Vine guys are probably like, I told you. Well, what Vine was doing outside of just the picture um, style being vertical, it's the duration. You know, like yeah. 
as time has gone on and the same, you know, the very reason why you can't sit down and watch a movie from the 1920s is because our attention spans as a species has shifted drastically, you know, like you can't watch something that probably lasts longer than 25. I'm probably talking too long right now. Like yeah. people are probably losing interest as I'm speaking. You know oh no, I mean? they lost like, us an hour ago. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, so like. Vine was like the first to literally realize, all right, people don't give a fuck that much, but they give a fuck a little bit mm. for a short period of time. And let's no, I'm actually going to tell I'm going to show them that they should only care for this long. Right. Uh, maybe they set the precedent. Yeah, they yeah, yeah did. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And TikTok is going to TikTok's in, de- in muddy waters, baby. Uh, we don't know where that's going. Yeah. So what what uh, nation was it? Is it China? Where, where did TikTok come out of? Yeah. Uh, China's. uh I think uh, Bite Dance or I think Bike Dance or Bite Dance is the parent company of TikTok. Yeah, they're in China. Uh, C- the CCP controls the businesses in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna get canceled and uh, by China. And so you know that's the that was the the security risk was the issue. You yeah. know, and that's what Trump said. You know, he was saying that often uh, about TikTok. And there is actually now a state. Beijing. Beijing. Yeah, technology company ByteDance. Byte. ByteDance. TikTok came out of Trey, Beijing. Can you find the state that ba- that banned government employees from uh, getting on TikTok? There's now a state that's banning government employees from being on TikTok because of the security a risk. U.S. state? Yeah. U.S. state. Uh, yeah, shit. I believe it's Georgia, Louisiana, something like that. Oh, fuck. Because of the security risk. Yeah. So, you know, that's the thing. Like, yeah, the U.S. owns a little bit of it. Like, U.S. companies own a little bit of it. But that was just a, that was just so they could continue in the U.S. So they could be like, no, 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 we're, we're good. The U.S. people will check up on us or whatever. They're shipping up, shipping off all that data, you yeah. know. Um, and who knows what the CCP is going to do with it. Uh, and I do think that, and I'm, I won't go conspiratorial. I really, like, don't like to go there because I just don't think that that's I think a lot of people people say the Chinese are going to use Chinese are going to use TikTok <laughs> they're going to use TikTok day is over it's I don't think that's happening yeah uh, but I don't think it's that extreme I guess but I think it it is changing culture so you could make an argument for I think TikTok potentially changing culture but I wouldn't say that it's like the Chinese you know I just wouldn't say that or the security thing always makes me laugh, man, because it's like people so, get so caught up on their privacy and their security and they're like, ah, I don't want my shit out there. Bro, like people willingly, like ignorantly, like not realizing are like on Facebook, Instagram, putting half their life up there. And then like if someone violates their privacy, they're like, oh, my gosh, it's like, dude, you, you've been doing this to yourself for X amount of time. You know, like, I don't know. Like, it's true. And it went viral, though, of Joe Rogan going through the TikTok terms of service. Have you seen that? No, nah, I haven't. It's not good. No. If you have TikTok on your phone, they can access your entire phone. Meaning like contacts, like messages, that- bank accounts. Whoa. Google passwords. Anything. Wait, just if the app is on your phone? Not just your phone, your computer too. <laughs> if that app is on your phone. It's over there. Install. No. <laughs> you don't get to. No. <laughs> Fucking air stealing your shit right oh, now. Nah, dude. Good thing we're not that important. Yeah, yeah. This is why I'm not worried. That's uh, nuts. They can also access any of your devices. Yeah, it's it's in there. You just got to go watch the video of him. Uh, he just reads it off. It's not like and made up. That's like it's crazy. just a fact. So and hey, Facebook's isn't any better. The yeah. fact that they can turn your mic on at any time, Alexa, not any better when they can use it against you in court and pull your Alexa recordings. What the fuck is going on, yeah. bro? So it's like 
I don't know, man. I'll try to keep her. Let's keep this thing simple. You know, I mean, you have a security camera. You you signed up for an app for that security camera. You didn't read that. Right. You didn't read that terms of service. Nah. They're able to pull your video feed anytime, anywhere. People just want their shit to work. They don't care about the fine print or whatever yep. it is. Yep. So I want this to work for what I need it to do. And that's about it. You know, so it's it's it's. It's scary, but I like to focus on the exciting uh, parts of this. I'm more uh, try to be a realistic optimist, you know. For sure, no, That's no. Good... I, th- I think you're like that too, man. I mean, I don't think you'd be doing this shit if you didn't think it was going to work. No, you know? if you didn't, doubt. you know, yeah. foresee the future being, uh, you know, this being part of it. You without know? a doubt. Yeah. And I think there's more and more independent artists, and I think also the quality, uh, especially the quality specifically of what you make, is like. In, is 100% in demand because there's going to be a lot of people coming in and out of the industry quickly and not being able to establish the footing. So I think ultimately, you know, regardless of anything that happens in society, it's like, dude, there's always going to be artists that need their voice to get out because they are the people to loosely tie this together here. They are the people that people will look towards for their relief, really. Yeah. And that is what a podcast is, a Joe Rogan, a news, a XYZ, a music video, a a song, an album. It's the escape from reality. Escapism, for sure, without a doubt. And we're part of it. Oh, you're right. And I, I love it. No, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it, you know? If it helps your mental health or gives you a little bit of relief from your day-to-day or whatever it is, you know, take a moment to just escape, you know? Um, for a long time, Actually, I had to check. It might still be in my bio. It was for a long time, but my motto for a while was create your own reality, which does sound a little dangerous in the sense like you don't want to be ignorant to what's actually going on in the real world, you know, still pay attention and know what's going on in your environment. But like the idea that you can paint your own picture, create your own reality and with your camera and with your editing software and CGI or whatever the hell else, you know, you could really make something that never existed exist, which is really cool to me. I love me. something from nothing is, isn't it? It's manifestation, so fun, man. man. It's powerful. Yeah. yeah, you know, you're doing this. You've been on the hit reality TV shows, biggest in the world, arguably some of them. Um, you know, from the hip hop music videos, which you do on a weekly basis, daily basis. You know, what are your film aspirations though? Like, what would you like? Is there like big things that you'd like to do, or are there small things you'd like to do, or like I went into film to definitely do this one day? You know, does that exist? I didn't know it until maybe like junior year of uh, college Um, documentary. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff going on in the fictional world, the narrative world, just creating something that doesn't exist. But there's so many stories, man, that are out there that haven't been told that deserve to be told, you know, and whether it's like social justice or like different things that could actually benefit people like those people might not necessarily have a voice and something like documentary, you go in and you, you bring your cameras, um, you can, you know, do some powerful shit, you know, make a change. Um, not necessarily sure exactly what that might be, but I know that there's communities and people out there that if I were to go out and do something with, you know, could make some dope stuff, you know? Yeah. And I just saw a sneak peek of one of them. Yeah. Not yeah. sure how much you could say about that. No, but. I'll mention it. Cause I think it's been, um, on his story. Um, my good friend Dodie, who was recently on the podcast previous episode last Monday. Yep. Yes, sir. Um, we've been, uh, working on a documentary for the last year for his, uh, brand subject skate brand shout out, uh, subject. And, um, yeah, um, that's, I'm trying to think if I've 
dove into Doc prior. Um, not, not really. That's like kind of like my first swing at it. Um, and it's been, it's been dope. Um, and it's kind of like our approach to, um, bad things. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a slow process, man. You you can't do documentary overnight. It takes a lot of research. It takes a lot of time, um, going to a lot of places. We, you know, we've talked about the amount of B-roll just like for people that don't understand what B-roll is like there's A-roll, which is where like basically this entire podcast is A-roll where, you know, people are speaking and things are, um, you know, being said directly from the people that are, you know, saying things. But outside of that, the B-roll are like shots of, um, you know, objects or environments or other people that are supportive elements to help further tell the story, you know? So you need a, a shit ton of that for a documentary. It, it takes a lot. Um, another big inspiration of mine is my cousin, uh, Peter Ferrero, and he's been kind of trying to transition out of the wedding, um, you know, area. And he's actually dove headfirst into documentary. Um, he had a doc um, called The Price of Fame that came out. Um, it was like a wrestling documentary that was really, really cool. Um, he also had a doc um, that's on Hulu. Um, it's oh. called Her Name is Chef, and it's about uh, women in the culinary industry and uh, like breaking the glass ceiling and uh, all oh. that kind of good stuff, which okay. is really neat. So I have you know people in my life that have definitely pointed me in that direction. And then, like I mentioned, in junior college, I had that course. Uh, I took a course that kind of opened my eyes a little bit. So yeah, I would say. I would see documentary being the future for me down the line, far down the line. Yeah. There's, there's just a, such a, uh, need for more reality, like more real. And that's what a documentary provides. Cause it gives you a plain, uh, not a plain, but a kind of, uh, untouched view of reality, not a, put together view like a music video or like a TV show or movie sure. does and that you have to capture what you capture. Yeah. And you have to capture what's actually happening in life. Totally. You're not formulating it. You know, it's not, it's the opposite of reality TV. Reality TV is not reality. You no. know, documentary is reality TV. Yep. In, in the, in the clear sense, man. Um, I can't wait for you to get into that industry, dude. Yeah. No. Um, the thing like you were like, what, what was it that, um, about music videos that made you want to do them. Um, docs are very different in the sense that it takes, it, it could or should take a crew. It takes funding. It takes, you know, investors. Um, it's not as easy of a thing to tackle um, as, you know, say a low, you know, level music video. Um, so, you know, what Dodie and I are doing is really cool and it's going to come out great and I'm excited for it. But I know down the line as, you know, funds are different and, you know, I have, different um you know tools um in my toolbox i think that it's cliche to say but like the sky's the limit in a sense you know i want to also harp on the collaboration element dude like me and you have just been collaborators yeah like that's all we've been doing like we've just worked together straight up like just and and that's if you didn't look at my shit and go ah he's got something if you didn't think that you wouldn't be working with me not at all you know i wouldn't like i probably 
Uh, honestly, I didn't have nobody fucking shooting any videos. So I would be like, all right, brother, be like, well, you, let's you, see you had you a do. couple videos before we worked, right? Or nah? Was was hard problems like the it actually official? was my first real music video. Yeah. For, oh wow, okay, hell yeah, yeah man, oh, I'm yeah, honored, man. hell yeah. Did okay. I did all remixes myself? Word, bro. Damn. Yeah, I mean, Smilo actually. Damn, we shot a lot of remixes, but that was it, dude. So he shot a lot of pictures for me and stuff. He actually shot a video. We just never made it. Gotcha. Yeah, Smilo is insanely talented. Yeah, I mean, ones. you yeah. want to say like, dude, he's. Yeah, you guys, I consider you guys on the same level for what you guys do. Like him for photo, you for video. But but I really want to emphasize that. Like, a lot of videographers aren't doing the collaboration. Like, aren't treating it like a manager in A&R. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how you're treating it. Because you're going, hey, I believe in this guy, I'm going to work with him. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. It's just, it doesn't happen in finance. It doesn't happen in uh, these other industries. For sure. So if you are, for anybody listening and watching, if you are in a creative field at all, or even if you're not, just find a fucking way to collaborate. It seems so simple. It seems so cliche, but it's 100% true. It will propel you. Like, it will bring you to the next place. Like, if you're sitting and you're stuck and you're like, I don't know what to do in my life, my business, my XYZ, just collaborate. I think is the I, answer, I totally bro. agree. Yeah, without a doubt. And, yo, thank you to my younger brother, Jason. Mm. Um, it's the whole reason I'm here right now. He... Um, what you guys were in the same class in uh, Atlantic City, right? Stockton University. And yeah, that, I'm an AC campus dog. Yeah, and I think he was talking to you, and you were like, "I'm a rapper." And he like, was talking, and I'm like, yeah. "I gotta talk to this guy, <laughs> bro." It's like, it's like, dude. It's uh, I can't even. You can't even explain him. I can't nah, even explain him. Nah, he's he's one of a kind. He's one of a kind. Yeah, he he's probably the way friend. he looks at like the way he interact, dude. His character traits. Come on. Yeah. That guy's to the nah, max. He, he is my trait. favorite human on this planet. Best character yes. ever, bro. <laughs> I love and my brother he is one. to death. Um, but yeah, nah, super grateful that Jake connected talking. us. And hey, my brother shoots music videos. Oh, shit, I rap. I'll bet. Next thing you know, every time we hang out, we either shoot or we work, bro. We yeah. chilled tonight for two hours, yeah, which yeah. is a record. No, chilling is good. <laughs> yeah, we try to do that because it's like shit, man. And have friends like that, dude. Have friends that you don't chill with. You just work. Yeah. You just make shit. Not totally. Trust me. Trust me. But it is a good balance. Like it's have good to ha- have that you know chill time as well. Um, but if you have people that are uplifting you and you know um, helping you reach your best potential, um, you know definitely hang out with those people. I think, know? dude, Trent, Trent has been a godsend to this fucking podcast. Yeah. Dude. I mean, for real. Like I don't know. Now everybody thinks that Trent works for me. <laughs> You no. can substantiate. <laughs> Trent just said no. no. You can substantiate. This I go, hey boy, Trent's got a fucking real job, Doug. Trent's making the big yeah, dinero. Trent, Trent is a legend. Like I've had the privilege to produce a couple of these uh, bobcats. The way that Trent will just pull something up and and then we can just look over and see it. Like that takes me like ten minutes sometimes. Like this dude is. Nice. Dude, we got today. You, t- t- yeah. Today, Dodi goes, yeah, Brandon, show us the screen. <laughs> It's like shit. <laughs> How do I do that? <laughs> I'll tell you, man. Everybody starts somewhere. Brother B goes. I know you're not gonna mind me saying this because I feel like you'll laugh at this too. He goes, I've. Oh fuck. <laughs> so I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. I just thought this is so funny. No, it's I can't. All right. It's not. It's not a dig. I have something to contribute for a conversation. <laughs> that was it. Oh wait, what did I say? That was that you were producing. You were like, I have something to contribute for conversation. And then you said it. Did I say that? But that was your lead-in, yeah. Oh, wow. Because you were like, because, dude, this shit is like, well, Trent, see, the thing is where he's at now. You in the beginning, too, Trent, like, you probably thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, I trust me, me, too, dude. Yeah. All you do is think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's just funny. It's like, 
you know, he fucking makes it look easy. Well, know? especially over here, like, you kind of just have to barge right in, you know? Yep. <laughs> you I need that, right too. In. I'm not going to fucking go to you. No, I mean, I yeah. will. Like, I'll turn to you for a specific thing, but if you have something to say, fucking say it. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, like, going to try to lead the show, but it's like a lot of times the guests will take over, and then it's like, you know the deal. He might save me. From a fucking, he might save me from me, which is what he's doing ninety eight percent of the time, and two percent of the time he's saving me from you know a long winded story that just needs a little more color. You For know? any but, any celebrity or talented person out there that you follow, there is a team of people that make them look very good, and in this instance. Tret is doing that behind here. every <laughs> for real, for real, bro. Behind every artist, behind every music video, there's a Brandon. Behind every single fucking deer that hits your fucking car, there is a Tret that, is, <laughs> that has fucking. He's got a whole backstory, oh, bro. Don't even fucking trip. But I'm not joking, dude. I'm not joking. Everything gets there somehow. Yep. Right. And like you're just part of this system, you know. No, you're right, bro. And um dude, I'm glad to have you as uh you know, as a friend, dude, and as, you know, a collaborator and really as, you know, somebody that I've became, you know, so much closer with over the past 4 years. And I was making this video together and finally releasing it just it feels if it, it, it feels so good, man, but it's also uh it's the door's not even all open, you no. know. It's just cracked. For sure. You know, so I can't wait to see what we see. We we create together in the future and it's getting late, so I can't talk. But no, no. Double podcast today. We did it, brother. Yeah. Appreciate you. Um, Before we dip out, man, just let people know what's going on, what's on the horizon, anything that's within the near future. This will be out in two weeks, uh, mid December. Um, Word. Okay. So the video might already be out. Um, But you could, uh, if you could please go on Instagram um, and follow Exeter LLC. It's E X E T E R L L C. I have a video with my close friend um, and brother, uh, Zave the Ripper. Um, It's called Sunrise. It's going to be dropping on the 16th of December. So it may be around the same time as this episode. Um, Really cool project that we put a lot of, um, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. Not literally, but a lot of hard work went into it. Um, so it'd be awesome if you guys could check that out. Um, it's, uh, Exeter on YouTube. Um, that's, you know, where you can find all of the work that I, um, put out and, uh, yeah, um, pretty much releasing things on a very regular basis. So if you guys want to tap in and see some cool music videos and content, definitely give it a follow. I'd appreciate it. I have a cool music video for you to watch, actually, if you want. It's called Bad Things, Good Locations. Yeah, and, oh, I'm so sorry. I should have plugged that. Yes. And, no, you're good, dude. I, I had it, bro. I had <laughs> the plug. Yeah. You're straight. You're straight. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, incredible work on that. And I got to give us both credit. Um, Hell yeah. But yeah, it'll be in the description below. If you're watching and listening to this, you watch the video already. I appreciate you. Uh, but that's in the description, too. Everything that Brandon just mentioned, including the Instagram, the, the videos, and everything's in the show notes and description, wherever you're watching uh, or listening. And um, yeah, man, thanks for doing this, bro. Thank you, brother. Thanks for helping with the pod as well. 100%. The other producer, shout out to AK40 Devin and, and Brandon. I think you're, you're, I think you might have him beat for, for the amount of times you've had, you've been. I think he's the only two. Okay, word. So I think we're coming up. We're going to need to make a little competition. Without a doubt, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what's up. <laughs> Trent, thanks, buddy. Anytime, Thank brother. You, Anytime. Thanks, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, you know the fucking deal. This is Bobcast. If you're listening on the audio, we are also on the video. That's YouTube. We're blowing that up. We're doing it. And um, I'll say it once again. We're on all platforms, even the ones nobody uses. All right. We're out. Hey.
Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate you listening today. The only thing I ask is if you could please share this show. We're gaining a lot of traction online now in terms of what the uh, Instagram clips are doing. So we want to just keep the momentum going and get better and better guests so we can improve the quality, improve the conversations, and all that happens with you. Uh, None of this would be possible uh, without the people who support this show. So please share the episode, uh, whether that's on your social media or with a friend. Really appreciate it. So make sure to tune in next Monday as well and catch the video version on YouTube. All right. We'll see you on the next one. Peace.